For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. We'll be digging more into the weather-related stuff in a few minutes' time. There are restrictions in the city. Cotter Street is closed. Pope's Key is, uh, is passable, but only at low speed due to flooding. Um, if you're stuck in it, uh, my commiserations with you. The fire brigade are saying that uh, Centre Park Road is impassable and is closed. Uh, and Cork City Fire Brigade at the moment are currently assisting people from their cars that have got stuck in the flood waters there. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody that's getting in touch with us. If you have weather-related issues that you'd like to share, feel free to text 0868104106 and I'll give you an extensive report on it uh, in a, a few minutes' time. But the big storm, I don't know why the mirror is saying big storm on its way. It's here and it's been here since, well, the rain's been here and all of it started yesterday. So the Echo carried as well as they uh, show photographs of cars attempting to get through the floods. And one of the most important things is to slow down for everybody's sake and safety. Yours or the cars, particularly in suburban areas where you got to really slow down or else the misfortunes that are on footpaths will get absolutely soaked. Uh, so listen, do stay in touch with me on that. Text 0868-104-106. The trial of Ashling Murphy uh, has begun with the prosecution summing up their case. Um, I'll have more on this in a few minutes' time. They, many of the papers carry it on the inside pages, but a lot on the front pages as well. Like, for instance, the mail at the Ashling Murder Murphy trial. It uh, hears that the accused told the guardie initially, I am... I'm the murderer. Um, I did it. Uh, she was stabbed in the neck 11 times. And they go into quite an amount of detail of the court report yesterday in many of the papers uh, this morning um, as we head into uh, another day of uh, the trial itself, which is expected to last perhaps anywhere between four and, and five weeks. I did it. I'm the murderer. Although Yosef Pushka has pleaded not guilty in court the papers are casting back the, um, the the story to initial questioning with Gardee, where he admitted stabbing the school teacher to Gardee, and that was told in court yesterday. So as I say, um, uh, I will be coming back to that story. We also had uh, the life sentence for murder, uh, for the murder of Connor Quinn at Bridge Street in Mallow on the uh, 12th of July in 2018. A Mallow man um, was uh, found guilty yesterday and sentenced to life in prison for the murder of the the 24-year-old Galway man in uh, Mallow back in 2018. Tyler Jackson yesterday was given a life sentence for that and the victim's family um, um, read out a victim impact statement yesterday in court and I'll have more on that story a little later on this morning as well. Uh, in other news, uh, Hikwa went into the Mercy University Hospital and found it non-compliant. Uh, God only knows that our health crisis, when you think it couldn't get any worse, it continues to do so. And of course, no finger pointing here to staff. It's just the state of the HSE in general. It's in chaos. So there was a patient, uh, front page in the Echo this morning, admitted to the, uh, the Mercy this year and waited 67 hours in the emergency department for a bed. 67 hours. Nearly three days and nights. You just couldn't make this stuff up. So as part of the inspection of HICWA, which I may have an opportunity to come back to this morning, I'm quite sure people listening to me this morning will will actually have other examples of long waiting times and chaos within our hospitals. Not always, but a lot of the time, um, you know, to do with accident and emergency and admissions. Things seem to improve an awful lot as soon as you get into the hospital system. But wait, there is a story in The Independent this morning of a family and an inquest into the death of a loved one where the family took their mother home to die 
because of the poor treatment she was receiving in Beaumont Hospital. She was 79 years old, Monica Renwick, mother of three and a, and a grandmother. She died at home a week after her family discharged her from the hospital because they were concerned that her condition continued to deteriorate while under the care of Beaumont. Um, they claimed uh, that there was poor communication. In fact, I was reading one report this morning uh, where they were told that the medical staff didn't even believe uh, that uh, Monica is actually terminally ill. Took her home and she died a week later. It's oh so sad, the consequences of the HSE. Now, uh, we, we all know of the ongoing um, horror um, in Gaza, uh, and in the Palestinian area and in Israel. Because as we know, over the past week, maybe a little longer, um, rockets have been fired on both sides. Now, the latest one here is that hundreds more have been killed. Hundreds of Palestinians. I heard the figure of 500 Palestinians killed in a packed hospital. Now, there's been condemnation by leaders all over the world. Uh, Jordan are calling it a war crime. Others are calling it a massacre of all of these people in a Gaza hospital. But there is confusion and disagreement as to who actually fired the rockets. Um, the uh, Obviously, uh, Palestinians and Hamas and those within the Gaza Strip are saying that uh, they didn't fire them, um, while uh, the Israelis are saying that they did, that Gaz, that uh, that Hamas did, and it was a rogue rocket. But clearly, obviously, the Hamas and Palestinian side would say it was an Israeli rocket. So 500 feared dead after a blast strikes a Gaza hospital. Who would do that intentionally? Um, bomb a hospital and kill so many men, women, children and babies. Um, the story regarding Fromoy um, makes the papers today. I partly guessed it would be picked up by the newspapers. Uh, Graham Norton is facing an insurrection, according to the Mail this morning, in an insurrection in the Rebel County. Residents furious over the remarks made about their county Cork town on a chat, chat show last week. I actually thought I had Graham's mobile number. I went to check this morning and it's disappeared off my phone. Can people do that? You just lose numbers like that? It's weird, isn't it? So instead, we've emailed the Graham Norton television show, just asking them, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Could it have been handled any differently? Could that bit have even been edited out of the show? Because people in Formoy are very anger, angry about their town being called horrible, horrible uh, by a contestant by the name of Zoe. Uh, the Scottish woman who spent 20 years there and called it a horrible, horrible place. Um, you know, there may be some good news about being in the European Union. Um, I know we went to, kind of went to task with Micheál Martin as to, you know, which comes first, Ireland or the EU. Uh, Irish people apparently are living 10 years longer since we joined the European Union, according to figures just released. And I love those kind of uh, CSO figures that they go into. There's some other cracking figures that have been released this morning. Um, they're comparing... Um, 1973 with, say, 2022, 2023. And there's some fabulous comparisons. We're 50 years in the EU this year. We're living 10 years longer, apparently. Maybe, maybe it just feels that way. Um, but anyway, 50 years in the EU. So when you look at the difference between prices and things in 1973 and 2023, it's amazing. The examiner gave it a half page this morning. And I will drill back into that, the comparisons of how much people earn, how much a house costs, you know, um, top baby names, you know, stuff like that. It's kind of quirky stories that it will come back to. But I'm going to leave the quirky stories for a few minutes' time because I actually want to go straight to Frank Graney, uh, who's the uh, crime and court correspondent for uh, News Talk, and he is covering the Yosef Pushka trial uh, for all of the uh, Bauer Media stations. And uh, he joins me by phone. Frank, good morning. 
Good morning to you. And thank you for taking the call. I was just doing the newspaper bit there this morning um, where they're picking up on the point regarding Puska who admitted at an earlier time to Gardaí investing the death of, uh, investigating the death of Ashling. They spoke to him two days after she was found dead uh, where he, he admitted to the murder. Can you, can you pick up on yesterday in court, if you will? Well, specifically on that point, and again, it is important, Neil, to point out that what happened in court yesterday um, when Ms. Anne-Marie Lawler, who is the prosecuting barrister in this case, when she addressed the jurors for a first time, uh, it is important to point out that that wasn't evidence and that would have been said to the jury on a number of occasions yesterday. It was simply, I suppose, a broad overview of the case that she intends to present to the jurors over the next four to five weeks. And specifically in relation to that alleged confession uh, that you you mentioned, um, we heard that there had been a stabbing incident in in Blanchardstown and that um, Mr. Josef Pushka, who had travelled to uh, Crumlin on the night of the alleged murder, um, was taken to hospital by ambulance uh, the following afternoon and he spoke about being attacked in Blanchardstown. He claimed that he had um, that he had got a lift to Houston uh, from Tullamore and that he had got a taxi to Blanchestown. He claimed to Gardaí that he was um, due to meet a woman there, that when he got out of the taxi he was attacked by two men, claimed that he'd been, he'd been stabbed. So the Gardaí investigating that stabbing incident, having learned that a man had presented at hospital with uh, stab wounds, alleging that he had been attacked in Blanchestown, they went and they spoke to him. And the guards, or the jury will hear from those guards in due course, but Ms Lawler said yesterday that when it appeared that his story didn't stack up with the stabbing incident that they were investigating in Blanchestown and while speaking to him one of the guards noticed some scratches on on his hand so they took some photographs they reported back to their superior and having heard that he had travelled to Dublin from Tullamore a number of Gardaí who were investigating Ashley's murder at the time uh, went to Dublin uh, went to meet him in the hospital uh, the jury heard yesterday that they'd hear two encounters that these Gardaí had with Mr Pushka and during the first chat um, the jury was told that he gave more detail about this alleged attack in, in Blanchestown. He was asked about his bicycle and you know that was interesting in the sense that Ms Lawler had touched on the bicycle earlier. She said that there was no issue that Mr Pushka's uh, bike was found beside Ashley Murphy uh, on the Grand Canal in Tullamore uh, after she had been killed but what is at dispute is who left it there. The prosecution claim that it was a uh, Josef Pushka, but he was asked about the bike um, in hospital. He he claimed to the Gardaí that he hadn't had that bike uh, for the previous two weeks. The jury was told the guards went back to him with a search warrant, and during the course of a conversation with him at that point, the prosecuting barrister claims he said, um, "I did it. I murdered. I am the murderer." And Ms. Lawler said this happened. After they told them that, after they told Mr. Pushka in his hospital bed that they were investigating Ashley Murphy's uh, murder, she claimed he went on to say he didn't do it intentionally, uh, that he was sorry. Um, she claimed uh, in her opening address yesterday that Mr. Pushka accepted responsibility for the murder, that he went on to express concern for the safety of his family because he he feared they may be the targets of a revenge attack, and he's alleged to have said, "I'm sorry." I see girl I never see before. I have knife I use for chain. When she pass, I cut her. I cut her neck. She panic. I panic. And then he's alleged to have asked the Gardaí, will I go for 10 years? And Ms. Lauder also said that he pointed to his stomach at this point and said, I do this. And the jury was told that this was significant. According to the prosecution, prosecution this is significant because at that time, Ms. Lauder said that nobody knew how Ashton had died, but that he knew. So she said that that was significant in the case that she intends to present to them. In, in fact, uh, a lot of this 
was done with the help of uh, an, a Slovakian interpreter, I believe. Wasn't that the case? Who was on a loudspeaker as the Gardaí spoke to Josip Pushka. She was on a loudspeaker on the Garda's phone. This was the actual interaction, wasn't it? That's right, yes. And uh, Mr. Pushka at the time was, was living in Mukla in, in County Offaly, but he is from uh, Slovakia and um, a translator has uh, been sitting in the dock next to him during the trial uh, translating all of the evidence for him too. And that is how things transpired in the hospital bed. As Miss Lauder said yesterday, uh, a translator was put on uh, speakerphone and the conversation between the Gardaí and Mr. Pushka at St. James's Hospital in Blanchardstown was, was translated by that method. What then happened when Mr. Pushka was questioned subsequent to that at Tullamore Garda Station following the arrest, say, on 18th of January last year. Well, we didn't, we didn't hear any detail in relation to... I mean, that will all be happening in due course. What we heard about yesterday was, I suppose, the initial stages of the Garda investigation. There was an awful lot of CCTV harvested. Um, 25,000 hours was trawled through by uh, on Garda Siakana. We heard a little bit more detail about how Ashley Murphy died because I suppose up until this point we all knew that she had met a violent end and that Josef Pushka was accused of being her killer but yesterday uh, through her opening address we learned uh, how she died. Ashley was stabbed 11 times in the neck, uh, the right side of her neck uh, to be precise and the jury again will be given far more detail about her injuries when the post-mortem evidence is presented to them but the only other thing that Ms Lawler mentioned to the jurors in relation to her injuries was that there may have been defensive wounds we heard a little bit more detail about where she is alleged to have been murdered, um, a concrete footpath with a grassy verge. Um, and beside that, we heard was a, a footpath with a, a, a ravine, which was covered in briars, thorns and brambles. And the prosecuting barrister, again, that's Anne-Marie Lawler, said yesterday that that was significant because... As I say, Mr. Pushka had cuts on every exposed part of his body, hands and face, which she claimed was consistent with leaving the scene. And she also told the jurors yesterday about some of the witnesses that she plans uh, to call in due course. Uh, she said that there was, there was nobody there on the canal when the attack began, but that the jury would hear from two witnesses who came upon the attack who will describe certain features of Ashley's attacker. And she said that they would give evidence of seeing uh, her legs kicking. Um, she told them that also hear from a number of people who were near the location where she was killed including a person who was on at the canal beforehand and she said they would also hear from um, two female witnesses um, the first woman uh, who she would claim that Josef Puska was spotted on CCTV cycling quite slowly behind she described him as doing a U-turn on his bike when she went into a shop she said that this woman was unaware of anyone behind her and she spoke about another woman who will give evidence um, who will say that 20 minutes later then after this first alleged interaction or this first alleged incident um, she said another girl called Anne-Marie Kelly became aware of a man cycling behind her and she said that uh, she described this man as staring at her and she said that she told the Gardaí that she saw the same man uh, down the canal a little later at 17 minutes past two and I should point out that the time Ashley Murphy, it's believed that she was attacked and, and killed along the canal, was about half past three. She had been working that day. She was a school teacher. As we all know, she had finished work and she'd gone out for some exercise. But it's believed she was killed at about half past three in the afternoon on the 12th of January last year. Mm. Uh, this, of course, as you say, was Anne-Marie Lawler, the senior counsel, opening the case yesterday morning for the prosecution. Yosef uh, Pushka has pled not guilty to the charge before him. Will the defence then lay out their equivalent version of events and then witnesses begin to be called. Well, once once Ms Lawler had 
finished delivering her opening speech yesterday, she began calling witnesses on behalf of, of the prosecution. Oh, it's begun, forgive me. Okay. It, it has already begun. We heard some uh, evidence yesterday in relation to maps that were drawn up of the various crime scenes and some photographs that were taken. There was a detective, Caroline Hughes, who uh, described taking photos on the day of the alleged murder. She said when she arrived, there was a crime scene tent erected. There was an industrial light there to aid them as it was seven o'clock in the evening. It was obviously dark. It was a January evening. And she said that there was the body of a female inside that forensic tent. The jury was then yesterday handed a booklet. That booklet had nine photos of it uh, in it and in those photos was a photograph of a bicycle. Uh, there was a picture of some blood-stained uh, sticks in the undergrowth, undergrowth and there was also a picture of a pink woolly hat and blue Nike runners. So the prosecution has already begun uh, calling witnesses. The defence, if they so wish, can cross-examine prosecution witnesses. And once the prosecution has closed its case, has finished calling all of its evidence, the defence will then be given an opportunity to call um, any witnesses that, that they may wish to do so. But I should say they're not obliged to do so because, as the judge pointed out uh, yesterday um, and again before the jury was, was uh, selected, the onus is on the prosecution to prove its case, to mm. prove the allegation against Mr Pushka beyond a reasonable doubt. It's not up to Mr Pushka and his mm. defence team, which has been led by Michael Bowman, uh, to prove his, his innocence. They can, of course, cross-examine any witnesses as they so wish, but they're under no obligation to do so. Do you talk at all, um, because some of the newspapers are this morning, towards the, um, the use of uh, DNA as evidence, I wonder? Well, we did hear that a DNA sample was taken from Mr. Uh, Pushka and there was a DNA sample taken from under the fingerprints of Ashley Murphy and that Ms. Lawler said yesterday that that sample taken from underneath her fingernails was a match for the sample taken from Joseph Pushka. Mm. Uh, but again, I am a pains to point yes. out... Uh, that that was not evidence, that evidence in relation to DNA samples, forensics, post-mortem, all of the other aspects of the Garda investigation will be called in due course and that evidence will be heard from the witness box and it is that evidence and that evidence alone that will decide this case for the jury. Absolutely, and the case continues this morning. Frank, thank you so much for the update. Do appreciate it, Frank Graney, on the Ashling uh, Murphy uh, murder trial. Text 0868104106 for... All of the business, uh, pick up the phone on 0818104106. I'll be keeping a very close eye on that uh, that court case, um, perhaps even on a daily basis if there are developments in it. Um, and uh, we'll come back to it again uh, when there is the next development, which could be you know tomorrow morning's programme. Uh, but I think uh, everybody certainly is very interested in this case and we can all recall the events that led to uh, this uh, court case in the first place. Um, back after the break, and I know there's been absolute mayhem. Thankfully, um, you know, I know there's been there's been some smacks and bangs and prangs and cars and banging into each other and all sorts of things like that. Um, it's been one of the worst mornings I've seen in a long time uh, for issues, particularly on our roads and our emergency services at work. More on that after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Seeing all the text coming in since morning time with regards to issues. Donnybrook, Rochestown Road, Landmar Village, Ballinacara, Model Farm Road, Carrigaline, uh, Albert Road. It goes on and on. Vienna Woods flooded. Uh, Blarney Street problems. A lot of problems with regards to uh, cars and gridlock as well as everything else. And traffic delays, surface water, car collisions. Uh, at the tunnel. It's been going on all morning long. Uh, first up, David Joyce, Director of Services at Cork City Council. He's had a heck of a busy couple of days. David, good morning. 
Morning, Neil, and morning to your listeners. Listen, fair play to you. I, I, we knew it was going to be a lot of rain. Um, what's the reaction been? Uh, it's been fairly, fairly difficult for people, hasn't it? Yeah, we've had, as predicted, significant flooding this morning. Um, it's it's all mainly road flooding. There's very, very little property damage. But because of the timing, as we predicted yesterday, there's been significant impact on traffic. There's been significant traffic delays across the city. And as you mentioned there in the introduction, it really is across the entire city. So, you know, areas like South Mallon, all the roads off at Rutland Street, Douglas Street, Copley Street, Solomon Street, um, all of the roads in Rochestown, Glanmire, Blarney areas, North Mall in particular was very, very badly hit this morning. It's causing very, very significant traffic. When you say hit, that surface west. water, are they flooded? Are they impassable? They, 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 there's there's about uh, 200 millimetres, 250 millimetres of um, water on that road. Um, and it is it's causing significant traffic delays because you have to go very, very slowly through it. Otherwise, you would flood the local houses. And um, we have actually closed the westbound element, North Mall. Um, we also have issues on South Mall, on Monastery Hill. Lavitz Key is down to one lane. Pope's Road, Pope's Key is, is in trouble. So right across the entire city, there is significant surface water. We're not aware of any significant uh, impacts on properties but that will probably emerge over the next number of hours. But there is significant, very, very significant uh, impacts on people getting to work, getting to school this morning. On top of that as well, we've had collisions. The lads this morning were talking about a, a prang between Corraheen and the Bandon Road, another one on the uh, on the M8 Dublin Cork Road, another collision in Wilton, another one out around Bottle Hill, areas like that. So it's impacting people with regards to um, uh, collisions as well, perhaps uh, driving too close or skidding maybe well, on water. Uh, as we've asked people, you know, there is very, very poor weather conditions out there, not just the flooding, but also the heavy, heavy rain, and there are some, some gusting winds. So we do recommend people drive with due care and caution and don't drive into floods. Unfortunately, this morning already, we have had to rescue a number of people out of cars when they drove into floods, stalled, and then need to be rescued out of the cars. So if you see flooded roads, do not drive into them. Use an alternative route, and most certainly uh, until this afternoon, drive with care and caution it is going to be a poor day for driving yeah this rain right isn't going to end anytime soon city finds it difficult to, to cope doesn't it it's low lying i get that there was also the impact of perhaps high tides wasn't there high tide was at 10 past 8 and the big issue was around that time and for the hours preceding that from about 5am there was extremely extremely heavy rain so we had about 600 from about 6am this morning we had about 100 staff out across the city preparing for this event but the big issue was at high tide the water that was falling wasn't able to get off the streets because obviously with the river being full the gullies are full and that has caused this flooding then across the city. Also, you've got very, very swollen rivers in the suburban areas. So again, the water can't get off the road because the rivers are already at capacity. Mm, this will subside, though, won't it, at some stage and things will go back to normal. Is it, is it a case that people should only take journeys if necessary for the next five or six hours? Well, we yes. I mean, we wouldn't advise anybody to go to unless they had to. As I said, there is going to be very, very poor conditions, but because it is all related to the tide, as the tide, which has turned and is falling, continues to fall, some of these issues will uh, improve. However, we are concerned about the River Shornock this afternoon. We expect that will burst its banks at a number of locations from about 2 o'clock this so afternoon. To, and whom the, if that bursts, where will it impact? It's impossible to tell. It really depends. It's all the low-lying roads that normally would flood. Locals would be very, very familiar with the areas around Blarney that would flood when the Shornock bursts its banks. We have got staff out on site and we will have staff out on site all day. 
trawling through the road network, ensuring that any flooding is identified and that appropriate signage is put up. Okay. But if anybody does come across flooding and wants to report it to us, it's 0214924000. That's 0214924000. Thanks so much, David. Thanks for taking the call. I'll let you get back to it. No. David Joyce is Director of Services for uh, Cork City Council. Victoria Nichols had one hell of a busy morning. I have pages and pages yeah. of stuff that you were getting from, from listeners stuck in traffic and yeah. reports coming in from uh, you have the city, the county... Yeah. Yeah. And the suburbs, right? Absolutely. Three different areas. Yeah, Middleton yeah. was is fairly badly flooded. We had Cove, we had Ballancolig. It just goes on and on. You read out quite a, a lot of it there. Uh, and, and also, you know, the main message is turn your lights on. And if there's scooters on the roads and bikes on the roads, have lights on them. Because well, you just people can't calling see. that in this morning. Yeah? Absolutely, I was driving behind a guy this morning that had no rear lights. It was pitch dark on the on the on the uh, the ring road. Um, it's, it's very difficult to drive behind somebody with no lights. Of course, on. it it's is. Very, you can't you can't measure distance. Visibility is poor as it is, and then that just impacts it even more. So if you know, turn the lights on. I think a lot of the problems there is people switch their lights to auto. And quite often that doesn't mean that you've got your back lights on as well. So it's perhaps in weather like this, switch well, them Well, I have manually. to tell you, his front lights weren't a hell of a lot better. Well, there you go. Whatever so, the hell was going yeah. on with the car. And then there's a lot of stuff about pedestrians. Like we've had a lot of complaints about, you know, people witnessing cars driving right close to bus stops and soaking, soaking everybody, everybody that's standing I know, there. I know. I just, and kids that are going to school. It's not intentional. People wouldn't do that on purpose. They're just not thinking. Yeah, I, I would say so, yeah. I but, hope so. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then there's um, there's been a few buses that have been late uh, delays all that kind of stuff but just absolute carnage really and yeah. Yeah, hang on there if you want because uh, I see Anthony is under a bit of pressure let me just get to him quickly Anthony Neil can you tell people to stop driving on the footpath on the back Douglas Road is the, ro- is the back Douglas Road itself flooded is that why they're trying to get through it well it's flooded but just cows able to go through it so like the- so they're driving on the footpath where there are also pedestrians on the footpath Exactly, up by Bracken Court. You just couldn't make it up? They're driving down the footpath. The cars? Coming from, coming from Carrig Lane. They're <laughs> driving down the footpath instead of driving down the road. Okay, all right. They probably think they wouldn't make it down the road, but of course that would also impact on kids going to school. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Much obliged. Take care. Uh, the very um, heart of the city, you're looking into Cotter Street and Pope's Quay and Wandsworth Quay and all of the quays um, down around South Mall. Yeah, Morris low-lying Key. areas, yeah. Very, I mean, they they always get flooded really badly. Um, David was talking about those, I know, from City Council. Um, yeah, just to be careful, really. And I think, you know, if you don't have to go out today, don't. Do you ever watch with regards to crashes or people banging into each other? So on amount of those as well. A, a load of those, yeah. Um, we had a two-car collision on the M8 this morning. There was a four-car collision on the link by Curraheen Dog Track. Um, yeah, there was an overturned vehicle, which is also, um, you know, that, that really bad. impacts traffic. That was on Killeville and to Bottle Hill Road. Um, yeah, just loads of crashes, really. And, and then you had an amount of people that were driving into it, the flooded water yeah. getting stuck. But Casey was saying the same thing happened to him, I think, yesterday. He kind of, it didn't look that deep. He drove into it and, you know, literally the water came up to sort of three quarters of the top of his 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 tyres, you know. He didn't realise that it was, there was almost a drop in the middle of the flood. So just be really Did mindful of that. No? I don't think so, no, but he said it was fairly frightening. Yeah, but some he people have of, conked out. Yeah, and, yeah, they and they're stuck in the middle of a flood. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Right. So one of the busiest mornings in a while. Status yellow continues for the rest of the day. Of that you can be sure and it backs off by late afternoon and early evening. Yeah. Victoria, thank you so no much. Appreciate it. Good work this morning. Let me get back to the phone lines if you will. Dennis, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How F- are you? Forty-five years driving a taxi, uh, and you've never seen. You say you've never seen it so bad. What the rain is it? No, I'm forty-five years on the road between trucks and whatever. But I've never in 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 forty-five years come across a morning of the amount of flood this morning was oh, it's a good a new one on me. I'm twelve years. I left my house this morning. I'm just in there in the city centre, and um. I left my house to go to Glintown, which is up the top of um, Glenmire, to collect an SNA. And from the time I picked her up, the floods from Glintown down to Cove Cross and from Cove Cross into Cove was unbelievable. Oh unbelievable. my God, I'm seeing video footage now yeah, along by I, the Vienna Woods. Wow. That's a oh, lot of water. Well, you, you, come, you come to the golf club there from Cove, the Forty Golf Club, and try and make your way Oh my God! I've never, ever, ever. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the, some of those. Like I'm looking at the, some of those videos from this morning. It's actually a wonder that all of those cars didn't just conk out trying to get through that kind of water, yeah, the height of the yeah, water. Yes, yes. I know that yeah. some did, and, but and, and yes. And another thing that would, would, would madden you is the speed that they go through them. I mean, we're, they're going no place. They don't slow down. They just drive and drive and drive. And I thought, as you just said. How half of them didn't cut out is just beyond me. It was a beyond bad one me. all the same. It really and truly was. So, oh. um, and and lights. I mean, there's another thing for you. You you spoke yourself about lights a while ago. You have cars coming at you with one head one headlamp. Uh, uh, come on, I mean, he probably had one headlamp yesterday. The same guy. You got to go in like and get lights and tires. The, the most important things on the road. Light okay. and Toyota. Yeah, absolutely, 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 absolutely. All right, Dennis. So let's you get back to it, man. Stay and safe. I just say, like yeah. the first, the first four words. I just say four words there for every motorist before you go out on the road. Drive to arrive alive. Drive to arrive alive. I love that. Thank you, Dennis Keen. Good morning. Morning, you know what I mean? Appreciate the photographs. I'm looking at cars abandoned in um, what, like. Would you say that's close on maybe eight or ten inches of water? Maybe a bit more. Uh, more, I'd say more. Uh, okay. High tide, high tide wasn't wasn't long after passing when I sent you them, and I think there was another car or maybe maybe two a cars foot. She attempted it after that. Yeah. Easily a foot. Yeah. 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 So, you, so so literally, get out of the car, close the door, wade through the water, and head off and leave it there. What else can you do? I think the fire brigade actually rescued at least two people out of out of cars here. So yeah, yeah it's just it's just a complete no go area. I know yeah. a couple of cars tried to get out of the Marina Commercial Park after the fact, and they got stuck as well. Since so. so all of those roads down there, Boggy Road, Centre Park Road, and everything, you're describing as a no go. Absolute no go. Monaghan yeah. Road. Yeah, yeah. Did you get trapped or what? Did you turn back? No, I, I had a four wheel drive, so I, I just about got through it. Yeah, that will make all the difference. A big four-wheel drive, you're big up over it. But uh, it's as bad as I've seen it in a while, would you agree? That amount of rain. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's terrible here. And I was travelling back to Fountainstone last night. I, I, again, without the four-wheel drive, I wouldn't have got home. No way. OK. Thanks for the update. People are very kind. Thank you, uh-huh. Kean. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Anthony. Um, some texts on this. Boy, will you give a shout-out to all the on-post workers? I'm here on the north side watching the postman trying to cross the road, but nobody is letting him cross. I'm assuming they see him. That's very un-Northside-like. I am very surprised. I think that the Northsiders would be very, very um, helpful to the poor old postman. Maybe they don't see him. Let him cross the road. Let him get up with the job. 
It's tough enough being out in it. Roachstown Passage, badly flooded. Uh, no mention of it on the news. It's exceptionally bad, uh, particularly in the passage area all the way to Hop Island. Yeah, there are many tax with regards to that. A Roachstown Road gridlocked all the way from Douglas to Passage. Floods are causing havoc. People should turn around and avoid it. Treacherous. Um, many videos then, as well as photographs and texts coming in. Glanmire from Vienna Woods flooded. A lot of debris on the road as well. Uh, in relation to flooding, I understand that we're experiencing record levels of rainfall, which would put any drainage system under pressure. But if the basics aren't done, like regular clearing out of storm drains, then local council and governing bodies are responsible for the flooding. Uh, and I got some more videos sent as well from the Cove area, uh, which we're also sharing. Um, for everyone queuing by Vienna Woods heading to Glanmire, turn around. Glanmire Village is dangerous. Water is over a foot high. These are texts now in the last 20 minutes or so. Can you imagine giving up your car to take to the roads on a bicycle? Um, which is what they want us all to do. I know. Well, I know. Um, we have kind of um, we have a thought process and rules and regulations that sometimes suit Mediterranean climates. I think uh, Gwail Scully Driscoll and Don Kettle badly, badly flooded. Avoid Cars Hill. The road going both directions flooded. We are just crawling through it. Uh, notify people that the South Link is at a standstill before Corrahine's turn off. Bear that in mind. So driving conditions across this this morning are difficult to say the least. Surface water and flooding um, and there are rain warnings for our area particularly the entire county of Cork for the rest of the day so I have loads of other texts coming in on this and I'll come back to it and lots more besides after the break Call the Neil Prenderville Show now 0818 Red FM Sad news this morning I know we're talking about caution being advised on the roads around Cork City suburbs and county but there's also a search which will continue and is continuing this morning this restart of the search at first light this morning following reports that a person entered the water at St. Patrick's Bridge um, yesterday. We've got the Gardaí, the ambulance, the fire and the Coast Guard at the scene until the early hours of this morning. So that search continues uh, across today. Um, awfully, awfully sad. Back to weather-related matters, though. Uh, I think now at this stage... Oh, it's... Yeah, Kira Revan's been in touch, actually. Thank you, Kieran. She's given me great traffic stuff this morning already. She's been in touch to say Vienna Woods Road is now closed. And all the traffic now in, in that area... I saw some of the videos in there. All of the traffic has been diverted now up over Mayfield. So forget about trying to use the Vienna Woods entrance into our exit from Carrigaline. That ain't happening. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Diana, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm good. Um, and you're reporting in from, is it in and around Canturk, areas like that, or up around um, areas in North Cork? No, I'm actually in, uh, I'm in Ryland, but I was driving back from the city, so just to let people know that the river below Berings has burst its banks on multiple locations along the road. And when, they, when that happens, does, is that making those roads impassable? It is, yeah. I mean, I'm lucky. I'm in a I'm in a four by four, but there'd definitely be some cars you couldn't get through. And it's kind of it's one of those floods that usually gets missed. People don't report it, so you'd come around, you wouldn't realize. Are closed. people chancing it, or are they turning back? Anybody stranded? I'd say at the moment they're just chancing it because it's only flooded in the last hour. But it, I've seen it before, and it'll get a lot worse than that. It's a lot of rain, isn't it? I can't remember it when we got rain, so yeah. much. Yeah. And and the thing about it is it's been for a long, long period is consistent for, you know, nigh on 24 hours already with another seven or eight hours of it to expect. So that's one of the reasons why there's so much of it. It's so it's going on for so long. Yeah, there's nowhere for it to go. 
<laughs> There's another bit to go. All right. Thanks, Diana. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. Um, can I just say, I'm, I don't have any texts this morning. I've just been made aware of it, which is unfortunate. So any text that you're sending to me will take a while before I get them until this problem with our, our text system is actually fixed. Uh, you could do without kind of that kind of... Uh, you know, issue on a, on a busy morning with people trying to communicate weather-related stories. But if you have sent me a text, it'll be a while before I actually get to them. I'm using WhatsApp a lot this morning because of phone issues. Uh, Helena, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. Was it you sent me that video going along by yes. the Vienna Woods Hotel? It was actually coming down into Glamour Village itself. Um, and there's a man on the side of the road, God oh love him, trying to make sure people God. don't go drive down there. Oh my God. Um, so I couldn't really see what I was doing. Your video is a different one. I'm just seeing it for the first time now. Where am I looking at? So literally, it's by the car sales. As you come into Glamour? Um, in Glamour Village, yeah. There's, so, that, there's, there's stuff floating on the road. The bins actually came flying down in front of me. <laughs> in, so I was like, okay. And there's a fierce, there's fierce rocks there as well. It's no, moved all sorts of rocks and debris and all sorts of stuff out onto the... But that torrent of water seems to be coming down the hill. Yeah, it is. It's coming down the hill from the church area. Okay. Yeah, it's... Okay. Yeah. I, went, I turned around and went back up Churchill and it's like a river, literally. I, have to, I had to turn around. <laughs> Actually, that's the reason that road has now been closed, right? Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. 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 So other people will have to go up and down over over Mayfield. Wow, that's um, that's yeah. some torrent of rain you filmed there this morning. Absolutely. Yeah, there is. But the only thing is when you're going up Churchill, people aren't going, they're not going as slow as what they should. And they're making huge splashes, which is making visibility even worse. People need to really, really slow down, you know. Um yeah. yeah, it's just awful. <laughs> it is, yeah. Listen, we have to, uh, if at all possible, grin and bear it. Thanks for that. Appreciate it, Diana. I'm also hearing the Rochestown Road is now closed as well to traffic. Uh, Corpio are posting a video um, of an absolute hero on the Southlink Road clearing blocked drains that have been causing dangerous spot flooding on the Southlink. And they said they've been, wa- they've been watching them for 20 minutes because you can watch the cameras and everything. You can watch them on your laptop. On the South Ring Road this morning, this individual working like a maniac to unblock the drains that have been causing dangerous spot flooding. They say, we're not sure if he's a Cork City Council worker or, anybody, or somebody from TWI or just a contract worker. But whoever employs him needs to give him a bonus this week. They say, hats off, kid, for the work you're doing this morning. And so say all of us on the South Ring Road this morning. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. You know, the water gushing down off the Dublin Road, down around the uh, Gwaelskola Idriskol area this morning um, in Glanmire. It's brought a load of debris out onto the road itself, such as the power of the water as it's moving along. Uh, as well as that, the main street in Cargilline has been closed now as well. Do you really need to make that journey this morning? Think about it. Thank you, Marion. You're absolutely right. Morning to Marion and to Connor. She says, uh, remind people that the junior cert results are out at 10 this morning so all the parents picking up their kids will add to the mayhem on the roads forgot about that of course that will be the case I guess forgive me for not knowing but um, it, it is a school day so they'll be given the results in school as opposed to being at home getting them on their laptops so maybe um, parents will be heading to the school because they want to share on the joy of the results themselves but bear in mind 
the weather conditions, will you? We'll have more on this after 10. Uh, and as soon as my texting system is all sorted out and phone lines are sorted out, uh, we'll get stuck into other stuff. But I did see just a quick one. You talk about the stuff that happens on our roads. You could spend a week talking about crazy driving and tailgating and overtaking and not using indicators and stuff like that. You see that story of the Lamborghini driver. Now, this Lamborghini driver was caught doing 217 kilometers an hour, overtook a dozen cars, was pursued for 10 kilometers by the Gardaí. You would think definitely um, a spell in jail, maybe a week, two weeks, a month or three months or something, wouldn't you? 217 kilometres an hour, overtook a dozen cars, 10 kilometre pursuit by the Gardaí. It's a story out of Castlebar District Court. Um, that's And they actually had uh, video footage to show the Lamborghini doing the 217 kilometres an hour. Yet the judge disqualifies him from driving for two years and fines him €2,000. She considered a custodial sentence, but said that the loss of a driving licence was a significant sanction. You know, the potential loss of innocent lives also. I wonder, was that taken into consideration? Um, He dodged a bullet there. He really and truly did, because there will be some suggesting that um, most definitely some kind of a prison sentence. The minute that you're avoiding the guardee, you know, and the guards are pursuing you, that moves it up onto a totally different level entirely. Anyway, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. We'll go to the newsroom in a, in, a, in a couple of seconds' time. There are other stories making the papers this morning um, of a lighter note, and I want to deal with them throughout the course of the morning. Particularly, remember I was mentioned comparing prices and the cost and way of living between 1973 and 2023. That's a very big difference in 50 years, I can tell you. More on that and lots more besides uh, after 10 this morning. Now. Show, Red FM. Uh, lots of people texting and WhatsApping and sending videos. Thank you, George. He's been sending me a lot of videos from up around Mayfield. People using that now as opposed to using the Glanmire area. Other people. I heard in the news then of people who are actually, you know, being rescued, not just from their cars, but also from their homes or they're pinned in into their estates, which is the case with Una. Una, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? You're pinned into your estate <laughs> in Rockingham. That's between uh, just before you get into Passage. Tell me about it. Well, it's, um, I was actually getting up, getting ready to go to work and a neighbour neighbor of mine rang me and she said, you're going nowhere and she sent those videos that her husband had um, had set off and he had gone down by passage, turned left rather than right to go into town to go up the back way over the top hills to come down by Rochestown Inn thinking he would avoid all the floods going in along that main road that we go in. But the video I'm looking at, is that a back road or the main road into Pass? It's a river running. That's the river running from, we'll say, our place all the way up to um, nearly Rochestown Inn. God, on the main road? Yeah. 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 So there's no going through there at Absolutely all. Absolutely not. Yeah. In fact, it, it there are waves on it. Yeah, yeah. There's no, actually no passing that. And what am I seeing here? Are they fire? Are they are they people from the 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 fire brigade? Yeah, Wait. They, he that that's up by the road to town in now. That's um, he's stopping he, people. He came down that way and he stopped. And there's no moving anyone. The guards have closed. The firemen are there. The firemen are actually going around by foot checking people in their cars. Um, the water's up to their knees. Okay. Yeah. So there's 
they're the people at the Rochetown Inn now, there's no moving them anywhere. So that's, yeah, that's, um, your video there has a car that looks as if it's been abandoned and possibly the occupants were rescued maybe by the fire brigade there, do you think? I'm not too sure about that now, to be honest with you. Well, the car's just sitting there. I I can't get close enough to see whether there's anybody in it. So you're not going anywhere for a while. I can't go anywhere, no. Yeah, okay, well, put the feet up, put the kettle on, just, (laughs) you know. I know, Use the time and and relax for now. Yeah, true, true. That's as bad well, as I've seen it. I'd let you know anyway in case anybody was about to. No, there's no one going. There's no one going to use that road, that approach yeah. road into Passage West for sure. They're not. Yeah. Thanks, Una. Much obliged okay. to you. Take no care. Problem. What Take a care. morning. Thanks. Keep those texts coming. Keep the reports coming, and do let us know. Um, I got a tweet in saying some people are being beginning to worry about the discharge of water from the Inniscarra Dam. In fairness to ESB Networks, they've managed the system quite well. They've reduced the discharge now, um, so no worries in that regard. Thank you for that. At least that's something to report positively. Text 0868104106. We'll pick it up after the break. Thank you. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Text 0868104106. Some other stories making the news, and I will go back to uh, weather-related issues for sure. Today is uh, World Menopause Day today. It's held every year on the 18th of October to raise awareness and to break the stigma and to highlight the support available for improving women's health. I did read in The Independent this morning that 80% of women say their menopause symptoms affect their performance in the workplace. Uh, the figure is actually 82%, which is a shockingly high figure of women, are in some way affected in their work performance by menopausal symptoms. It's very interesting to read that Mason, Hayes & Kern, the business law firm, Uh, One of the companies now that have updated their policy and procedures when it comes to women in the workplace, 63% of their staff are female and they they, they know of the impact on a number of employees directly with regards to menopause. So what they do now is they are providing uh, the potential for up to five days paid menopausal leave, flexible working arrangements, additional rest breaks and specific adjustments to work allocation or even the work environment subject to every single female individual's needs. Wouldn't it be great if more like that was rolled out in the workplace? I think that's wonderful. There's another story that makes uh, the star today and it's uh, a reform of law that's needed to allow unmarried dads get guaranteed access to their kids. They say that it's badly needed that a fifth of the country's fathers are living apart from their children and they're not always married. And being unmarried apparently doesn't give dad as many rights. Um, and that's a story that makes a double parade spread in the, in the star today. But I did mention, I may well come back to that if you're a dad of, of children that you can't get access to them because the fact that you weren't married, that might, might be making the issue uh, even worse for you. Do get in touch. You can email your story to Neil at redfm.ie. But 1973, um, when we joined the European Union, so it's 50 years since we joined the EU. And um, uh, Michal Martin was reminding me uh, on Friday that Ireland's membership of the EU has been a wonderful thing. And in many regards, it has. Not quite sure that the fishermen or maybe even to a large extent the farmers would agree, but certainly the fishermen wouldn't. But if you look at 1973, the average weekly wage in 1973 and all of these numbers now are in euros. So I've done the conversion from the punt or the pound or what have you. The examiner has a half page on it today. The average weekly earnings in 1973, €38.25. Now, last year's figure, 
825 euro. Now, this isn't in 50 years. I'll pass it on for what it's worth. In 1972, very, very few second-level students went on to college. What am I talking about? In 1983, very few went to college. It started to increase as we went through the 80s and into the 90s. But in 1972, 26,000 went to full-time third-level education. Um, It's up 583%, the amount of students now going to full-time education, if you compare it to 1973. And you know when people get married, and an awful lot of people now aren't choosing, and I have a stat for 2022, to get married in a Catholic church or even to have a Catholic ceremony, But back in 1973, 96% of all marriage ceremonies were Catholic marriage ceremonies. It's below 42% now, but it was 96. And that number continues to drop. And they also look at the population in 1973, just under 3 million people, 2.9 to be precise. In the 50 years, it's gone from 2.9 million to 5.1 million. So you can see while our public services are very much stretched because we haven't ups, we haven't upscaled to cope with the difference in population. It's almost doubled since 1973. The average cost of a home in 1973 was €9,000. Um, June of this year, the average cost of a home, €318,000 and a lot more besides in city and suburban areas. You could put another fifty grand on it. But back in the day... Nine thousand euro. I think. I think our well, my folks bought their very first house. I think it was under a thousand euro when they eventually moved and bought a house with a with a council loan um, to the Beaumont area. I think it was like in and around a grand. I think. Um, so that's just some of the figures and the stuff. Oh, also the baby names. The two most popular baby names in nineteen seventy three: John and Mary. John and Mary. Lovely names. You know, you kind of maybe expect those to be the names. Uh, in Ireland in 1973, John and Mary. In 2022, Jack and Emily. So from John and Mary to Jack and Emily. There's loads of other ones uh, that they compare. I just love reading stuff like that, the changes. I mean, you know, the amount of people that worked in agriculture back in 1973, a quarter of the Irish working population worked in agriculture in 73. Now, 4%. 4 So we're growing very, very little. We're importing an awful lot of the stuff that farmers used to grow back in the day and those that are in it, I suppose, are in it for dairy or for meat. There's another few of your thoughts on that are welcome, incidentally. Text 0868 Remember I was telling you the, the other day, if you want to become a millionaire, make your bed in the morning and get up that little bit earlier. They say that those that become millionaires and multimillionaires are up and at it two or three hours before everybody else. The star this morning says snoozing through the alarm is actually good for you. I mean, who makes this stuff up? Researchers think that spending an extra 30 minutes in bed can make people more alert in the morning. Those who had the additional half hour after the alarm went off perform better in brain tests than those who got up straight away. I don't know about this kind of research. Anytime I snooze through the first alarm into the second alarm, I always regret it because I feel that I'm constantly under an awful lot more pressure, particularly at the start of the day. I don't know why they say that staying in bed 30 minutes after the alarm is good for you, because it just wrecks my head. And then, if talking of the bed, you may well be one of them, the Irish pet owners that share a bed with their cat or their dog, um, bring them to the vet twice a year, even if there's nothing wrong with them, and give them birthday and Christmas presents. 
I think that probably is more the norm than you think particularly Christmas and birthday presents and there's a lovely one then which I will get back to this morning because I'm very busy right now but I'll come back to it later on they say that they can tell the type of person you are by the way you butter your toast (laughs) you know psychologically they can interpret the type of person you are by the way you butter your toast so more on that throughout the course of the morning and we'll see if we can identify the type of person you are and you might recognise the way you butter your toast and I'll go through a few of them as I go through the morning but I need to go back to the phone lines because it's one of those mental days out there Mary good morning um, on line three can you hear me Mayor? I can hear you kid okay fair play to you what are you reporting to me this morning from where? From Yall Chestnut Drive. Oh my God! It's not just city and suburbs; it's right across the whole county, as we know. And what have you got? Um, is there is there are people locked into estates or what? Yeah, I'm locked up. I had to come upstairs to see because the water is starting to come in my back door now. By had towels and everything up there. We can't even open our front door or back door because the whole lot will come in. The whole front garden is destroyed. Can I see the video? S- describe it. You've sent me the video. It's like a torrent of a, of a river running fast right down yeah. the road. Us. Where is that coming from? Is it a river burst its banks or what? It broke down the, the walls from the other estate. It broke it the walls of people's homes? Uh, yeah. My and God. Him, in the water break, you know, I got. I just grabbed a child and went straight upstairs. No, you won't be going anywhere anytime soon with that brown, mucky, oh, dirty water. Be. It's no, gone. Barbicades and that, are, they're all outside, and that they're trying to stop it, but with so much rain and that out here. They're doing the best they can. Thanks for the video. Stay safe. Put the kettle on. You ain't going nowhere. Victor Shine is the second fire officer of Cork City Fire Brigade. What a morning, and I suppose what a 24 hours for you, Victor. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. It's been a crazy night and a crazy morning. Uh, from uh, very early morning, uh, we had a, a person enter the water um, at Patrick's Bridge, and that search is ongoing. And then we had the torrential rains uh, leading to numerous vehicles being caught in floodwaters, uh, people being trapped in their homes, and uh, water coming into properties and so on. So pumping, rescues, and going on all morning. Everybody's flat out so I suppose. Everybody's reporting to work this morning because we see the videos and a lot of them feature as an example fire officers rescuing people from their cars. Absolutely. Uh, numerous numerous rescues from cars. Um, people aren't uh, taking cognizance of the risk of going through heavy flood waters and so on and cars are stalling and people are driving through which is more dangerous high speed through flood waters causing substantial quantities of water to be thrown in the direction of other uh, road users that's motorists or cyclists or pedestrians people are getting soaked yeah yeah yeah. but there's debris in that there could be rocks and other forms of debris that you could get seriously injured or breaking windscreens of vehicles and so on as well so have you examples of people I know and that is very serious and can lead to awful injuries so slow down I hope that people I imagine people don't do it intentionally but you need to think before you go is it a case that people are are speeding at the, the the deep water thinking they might make it if they speed at it I don't believe they know that there's deep water there they're driving um, at a speed that they can't react to the conditions so the flood waters are coming up it's they're isolated flood waters it's not continuous and people are hitting this deep water 
without realising it and losing control. I've seen numerous examples of it this morning and um, so we just encourage people to really slow down. It will cause serious injury. Oh, but explain to me why you need to rescue them. Can they just not get out and walk away now? <laughs> you would think, but uh, again, people are, are concerned. They want their vehicles towed out of the water because they're obviously realise if they open the door of the vehicle, the flood waters are going to come in. Oh, I see. A lot of damage will be done and so on. So I see. they, they yeah. stay in their vehicles. and It's uh, above the door line then? It's perhaps above the door line or certainly at the door line. It's, how, do you, that deep. how do you get them out then without destroying the interior of the car? Sometimes we'll actually tow the vehicle out. Um, other times it it could literally be physically pushing the vehicle and then it will be coming to uh, perhaps opening the door or the window and taking a person out through there, depending very much on the conditions. My God, you guys must have the patience of a saint, I can tell you. You really must. You just have to react to it and sort it all out time after time after time. I see a lot of the uh, fire officers actually turning people back now. Many roads are closed. And, uh, and and when you look at the, the water that's running, it's like a fast-flowing river in lots of places, isn't it? Absolutely. We were out in uh, many parts of the city and county last night with um, riverbanks breaking their, you know, breaking the, the control measures that would be in place, whether it be a, a solid structured wall or um, uh, inert mound and so on, but the water coming over that and people's homes at risk, so freeing uh, gullies and drains for people and so on. So it's on all night. Yeah. Have you had to get anybody out of their homes, Victor, or would that be maybe a county issue perhaps, I wonder? No, literally, um, maybe about 15 minutes ago, there was a, a female roof to my house in the city area. I do want to give the I understand. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. A, a person has been removed from their house. Yes. Is it as bad as you've seen it in a long time? Um, no, we do get these conditions every now and again, you know, uh, but it, it's very much controlled from where it used to be. Uh, road crews were out there, um, again, uh, we we and the City Council put um, a signage up to stop people parking and so on so that they can keep their vehicles in a safe environment and, again, keeping drains cleared and so on. So it's very structured the way it's managed now, but again, it's trying to hold back rivers, hold back the sea. It, it's an impossible task sometimes. And uh, the city council and county council and all the emergency services do their best to manage it as best they can. So, what advice are you giving people this morning then, or for the uh, rest of the day and across the afternoon? Again, the waters are subsiding, and the the conditions now today. So, we had um, high water at ten past eight this morning, and low water will be at uh, twenty to three, fourteen forty today. So, again, once we have little water, most of the, the drains will take away the surface water from the streets uh, much easier. So, it shouldn't be as bad this afternoon and people going home this evening. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, yeah. things will be improving. Just patience. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patience, driving slow, plan your route, and so on, and um, drive to arrive. And if there, if you come across flood waters, uh, be cognizant. Are you capable of driving through that water? If not, uh, turn around and go a different route. Don't risk it. Okay, good Don't words. Thank you so much. And well done to all of the people that are working with the uh, the fire department this morning at the fire brigade stations all over the city, suburbs and county. A great job. Well done. Pass on our thanks. Thank you, Victor. Yeah. Appreciate it. Oh, can I just ask you, I know you mentioned, uh, you're still there, Victor. I know you mentioned the oh, sad I, story I of, you yeah. mentioned the search that's going on in the, in, in the, in the, on the lee. Somebody went in. What can you tell us about that? That's correct. In the very early hours of this morning, um, a person entered the water at Patrick's Bridge. Um, the uh, fire service, Cardi, ambulance, 
uh, Coast Guard, uh, Cork Missing Persons, Mallow Search and Rescue have all been involved in the um, the searching for this person now to, to recover the person from the, the water. It's ongoing at the moment. Uh, the Coast Guard helicopter was up and it was put at extreme danger. Actually, with people targeting, targeting the helicopter with lasers last night and it um, what? it caused some problems. Yeah, the pilot was targeted by green lasers from two locations last night. Shining lasers the, into from the ground into the, the cockpit of a helicopter. Yeah. Very dangerous um, tactic, you know. Um, so it, it, it caused... Helicopters are trying to search for somebody who had gone into the river, um, like an emergency yeah. helicopter, people shining lasers trying to bring it down. That That's hard to believe yeah. that somebody would do something like that. Absolutely, and the Gardaí and uh, the Coast Guard crews were endeavouring to try and locate the, the source of these um, lasers, so there's uh, an investigation going on about that. Okay, search is ongoing. Thank you for that, Victor. That's hard to believe. Much obliged. Victor Shine, second fire officer with Cork City Fire Brigade. Isn't it unbelievable the stupidity of people? Are, they don't realise the consequences of their actions after them. They're like brain dead. Patrick, good morning. Is that your photograph? Can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Is that your back garden? It is. God almighty, it's under like what, a couple of feet of water? At least a foot at the moment, but it's on its way around the house. Has it come into the house, that water? Uh, not at the back, but it's it's gone round the side and it's ready to it's ready to come up further. It'll, um, and if, if it keeps the way going, uh, it'll probably be close to the front door as well. Um Hopefully it's, it's starting to recede because if it does, I mean, you've got a garage there with a big garage door. The, the interior of that is probably flooded, is it? Definitely. Anything in there? There's, there's stuff in there that we've had to lift up, but this has been going on for years and the council, they just put on their earphones and they don't, they haven't built anything in all that time that we've had flooded here before. Not interested. Other jobs have been done around the city and county, but Blackpool seems to be the last place to touch. Okay, Commons Road area. That, so there's not just your house in the Commons Road, it's houses around you as well. There's plenty of places down here getting flooded. What do you mean? You said in your text you lost your house in 2011. That's correct. We had a, we had a bad flood down here. A car, garage, house completely gone. And the council still haven't put a brick or a shovel to a job put out the back to build a wall. Was the house destroyed back then because of water? Completely gutted. What, what, what did you do? You just replaced everything, did all of the work, refurbished it all again, is it? That's correct. And um, we can't get flood. But uh, 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 on the other side of that river was a floodplain. And when they built the main road and when they built the uh, the apartments, they took all the from them two jobs and threw it in there and they they filled in the floodplain by about 12, 10 or 12 foot high off the river for about 300 metres by 150 metres and no one is responsible for it. Oh, so the construction that was done there at the time uh, filled in what should have been a, a, f- a flood relief pl- path, if you like, and you've been getting flooded ever right. since then, yeah. That's correct. And, do you, and it's getting can, worse. Can, can you claim on insurance for all of that damage? Only the first time, which was uh, 12 years ago. So, 
that was 2011 when you lost the house you could claim for that last October you were an inch away from losing it for a second time is that right that's correct but the way the rain's been going in the since the floodplain we probably get water up to the back step every year probably five to eight times a year you must be very frustrated having to live with the consequences of this I, I've written to the council I've been to council meetings and, and various other things and still nothing gets done nothing has been touched So you could potentially lose your home again um, destroy certainly the lower level of it um, and not be able to claim insurance relief on it That's correct My God, what are you going to do man? <laughs> well the council they want to start pulling their finger out and digging digging walls, putting walls in and listen to the people that came over from Holland to say that they're going to, the, the council need to do jobs who have the experience and this council are all deaf. Have you got a local councillor working on that for you and your residential friends? I can tell you now I had a man down here twice when the floods happened in 2011 at harvest one to harvest three in the morning and that was Tamar School. And he, he knows how many times we've been flooded down here. And he helped us every time. And any time you want to ask him about the Commons Road floodings, he'll step up to the plate and okay. he'll tell you. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to do that. Because undoubtedly he'll be on the air with me again soon. See if we can help and try and make a difference for you, all right? That's fine. But the sooner the wall gets built, the better. I know what you're saying. It would be quite simple because you and others shouldn't have to live with this fear and this worry about your home. Your home is your palace, your castle. It's awful. These photographs are shocking. You're actually only inches away from losing it again. Thanks for that, Patrick. Appreciate it. Let me get back to the phone lines and talk to Tommy Gould on that next time we're chatting. Kevin? Good morning. Uh, where are you? Are you on the Lee? Are you, you, do you fish on the Lee? I fish on the Lee. We're the Lee Sam Angers Club and we would monitor water levels emanating from the Inniscarra Dam throughout the whole year. Okay, and what have you got for me this morning that prompted your call? It's all good news. It's all good news. Um, Firstly, and I would have been very critical of the ESB in the past because when they are not generating, they drop the water levels down to two cubic metres per second, which is absolutely nothing at all. And we would prefer to have between six and ten cubic metres per second. Um, Now, over the last 48 hours, the Indiscarry Dam discharged approximately 145 cubic metres per second, which would cause some flooding on the leaf fields, but not flooding in the streets or nothing like what we experienced in the past. Why, did they back off in the last day or so? Because they left off enough water to in give advance. themselves that safety net. Oh, yeah. Because okay. Obviously, they could see this coming. Um, well, they would morning, have learned from a lesson of a few years back, <laughs> if you remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, this morning, snow down to 93 cubic metres per second. Now, when they're generating under normal conditions, it's about 70 cubic metres per second. So, 93 cubic metres per second is not a problem. Okay, okay, okay. But cast your mind back to that famous Thursday, infamous Thursday night in November 2009. Yeah. They had no choice, I think. But anyway, they, they released, I think, in excess of 500 cubic metres per second. And it's, we all recall the whole We all know flooding. the devastation of that. We all know the damage. Well, there has so, been a lot of flooding, even in spite of that. Let's not take from the fact that it yeah. was a very bad morning and overnight, even yeah. though the yeah. dam 
did the best they could, you know, an awful lot of people have been hurt. Uh, exactly, by it. and you're going to get, I mean, for instance, the, the road between the Anglers West there, Healy's Bridge, Sloheen, the Shornock always breaks its banks there. Actually, I was out that way last week and it broke its banks already. Um, and that's going to happen again okay. today. There's no two okay. ways about that. Just a, just but a quick not a problem with the Scaradam as we speak. Okay, just a quick one before I let you go. What's the salmon fishing like on the Lee these days? Last day September, there was quite uh, an amount of salmon on the lead this year. Um, and the record year that we've seen in the last few years was 2020, when we never saw so many salmon there. Var- various reasons for it, we were not 100% sure. And um, one of them was that there was a theory because of COVID that these massive trawlers were not out fishing, everything was grounded. And we had a huge run, a bumper run in the River Lee. And um, so the last couple of years have been relatively good yeah. and there's a tagging system in the River Lee, a conservation tagging system so only an angler who's in possession of a brown tag can actually keep that salmon yeah. other salmon then have to be returned yeah. Yeah. so you, you, you fish, for, you fish for, the, for the fun of it yeah. and you return them um, so it's, it's amazing how stocks can recover if they're given a chance then right? if they're given a chance and um, there's one thing that's a bit worrying this year and it's from the River Blackwater. Fellow anglers that fish in the Blackwater are telling us that they're meeting very few salmon on the Blackwater. We don't know why. Um, but that is a worrying trend. That is a worrying trend. Okay. Um, but there's nothing like on a fine spring morning standing in the middle of the River Lee with a salmon fly rod and <laughs> even if you don't catch anything it's very <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> okay, my man. You put it so well. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate the update. Morning, I was stuck in a flood on the Carrigaline Crosshaven Road last evening when my car stalled. I called my insurance company and was told my policy didn't cover for floods, which I was totally unaware of. I called the fire brigade and they were inundated with calls and couldn't give me a time. So I started to flag down jeeps and four by fours. Eventually, this lovely guy called Patrick stopped and came to my rescue. I'd like to extend my gratitude for the help, Patrick, that he gave to me and belief he instilled in me that there are still some genuine, kind-hearted people in the world. Would you please say a big thank you to Patrick and I hope he's listening to your radio show. And that's from Jill, who Patrick helped last night when she got caught in the floods and the car stalled and the insurance company did not want to know. A lot more text on it, which I'll come back to, but I'll stay with phone lines for a second or two more. Actually, I won't because Dennis is not too, so as soon as you get him, uh, we're back to it after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 106 Red FM. More text on that. Rochestown Road closed. Huge flooding by the Rochestown Auto Centre garage and that's all the way into Rockingham. We had that already. Westbound traffic uh, on the North Mall closed due to uh, flooding. Gel bags are being used to protect the properties there. Uh, I left Kilkenny at 7am heading from Mallow via Clonmel. It rained all the way. There was some surface water and only one full road flooded but that was only about four inches deep um, and that was where they're building a new road, the N73. Irish roads need have always flooded when it rains. People should just get over it. Stop all the fear porn frightening folks with weather warnings. It's Ireland. It rains and the wind blows. There's no need for sensationalism. Slow down. Be aware of the facts that it's Ireland and we get a lot of rain and wind. I made it to the job and saw nothing out of the ordinary. Well, others did not make it to the job and did see a lot of things out of the ordinary. And just reporting things that might help people as they're trying to get from A to B. Roads closed and flooding. That's not fear porn. That's a new word on me, actually. I'm learning all sorts of new words now. Fear porn, um, open swimming and forest bathing. Uh, traffic lights out at Mahon Point, Retail Park Junction, not helping matters. Uh, regarding the text of the man on the South Link, clear 
clearing the drains. It's probably the county council. I just want to say that my own partner works for Cork County Council. They don't get half the praise they should. He's currently on call and last night alone they had 27 call-outs. They're an absolute wonderful team of people. Where would we be without them? Big shout out, Neil, please, to the county council workers. They work, the work you do and have done does not go unnoticed. Everyone was fast asleep last night and they were out at all hours helping out. So well done to one and all. Narrow stretch on the Waterford side of the main yard bridge totally flooded. Uh, there's a lot of traffic congestion as well as everything else. So keep those coming and I'll pass them on. Text 0868 104 106. Do you recall there uh, I mentioned a few days ago uh, with regards to uh, Noonan's Road that in spite of everything that's going on out there and the shocking conditions that they're living in they recently got news I believe from Cork City Council um, that they have been um, hit with rent increases I would have thought that the last place that City Council would be looking for extra rent increases would be Noonan's Road, St Finbar's Road, Fort Street and Dean Street. In fact, I think they should be given a rent holiday, if anything at all. Uh, more on that in a couple of seconds' time. I think we might have Dennis now. Dennis? Hi, Neil. How are you doing? Are you down at the train station? Is it, um, or is it down uh, Clown Town? Just passed by the train station on the way from Cork to Clown Town. There's a few cars there and uh, they're about to be... Um, the water is about to get into them. I would think they can't. They're parked on the side of the road. This is at the train the station in Glountown. People park up Glantown, there. Yeah. They get the train to yeah. Cork. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to go back to their motor cars. Is it straight away? <laughs> Next fifteen minutes, I would think like anything. The, the the road sort of slopes in towards the station. It's higher where you're actually driving. So the the the, the where the, where the cars are parked, there's about two or three cars there, and they're certainly about to be be overwhelmed. I would think. So it's continuing know. to rise. Then it hasn't peaked Absolutely. or started to drop. You're seeing it actually Absolutely. rising. Absolutely, no, it's it's lashing rain down here at the moment. So you can be sure it's going to it's going to get get higher than it is at the moment. I would think anyway. You know. So anybody who's got a car there needs to check it fairly quickly. Next half hour or so. Go back to it straight away. Yeah. Well, it 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 actually only involves it in maybe three or four cars that are just outside the station the, the, the cars are parked actually in the station inside in the car park seem to be okay, okay. At, at a glance now I passed it by and there's a lot of water on the road so I wasn't exactly looking on the percentage alright well listen if it, it helps one or two bad, people you know? well and good thanks for reporting that yep. in thank yep. you Dennis and to everybody else who's been calling as well I do appreciate it text 086 talking about helping people out I got a lovely letter uh, one of the nicest stories that we did in a long time is finding a beautiful home for a lovely man uh, to find somewhere to live. You might recall that story, um, John, uh, who spent over 40 years working and indeed living in an abattoir. And when the abattoir was closed up and left there, he stayed on living there in shocking conditions and ultimately then got a beautiful new house out in uh, down in Madden's buildings. And we were down there on the day that he moved in. It's like a little palace. So many people helped to kit it out and to furnish it, put in televisions, white goods, furniture, carpets, wooden floors, everything. The list goes on and on, putting in Sky Television, the lot. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. Paddy O'Brien, who advocates on behalf of the elderly, sent me a lovely handwritten note yesterday. He says, everywhere I go, people are still asking, how is the man from the slaughterhouse? And I can tell you that John is doing exceptionally well and is now settled down in his new home. He did have one problem, and that was with the chimney. He was unable to light the fire, but a very kind chimney sweep, Marion, um, who came to his assistance, sorted it for him. So well done to the chimney sweep, Marion. John can now light the open fire 
thanks to Marion from Glenmire. This week, he lit the fire in Madden's buildings for the first time he ever did in his entire life. The man had never lit a fire in a fireplace. Wasn't that some achievement? Um, we need to mark these achievements as well because it's a lovely story. Thanks to all who helped to furnish John's lovely house and a big thank you to all at Red FM for going the extra mile with regards to his plight and exposing it on the air. Buikas agus says Paddy O'Brien. So I'm delighted for John that he goes from strength to strength and he's well settled in. So a lovely photograph actually that Paddy sent me there last week and it's himself and John enjoying a pint of stout in a Blackpool hostelry. And both of them looked like boxes of chocolates. They were dressed to the nines and looking fine, enjoying a pint. So life must pin... I think John might pinch himself from time to time to think how wonderful things have turned out. All thanks uh, to a bit of help from the public in general, all led by the great Paddy O'Brien because he brought it to our attention uh, first day. Well, actually, it was um, a chap who who knew John and got it to our attention and we involved Paddy and then the wheels started to turn. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. More video coming in there from the Commons Road. The, wa- the road continue. the water continues to rise and Patrick, who was on a few minutes ago, says he probably has about an hour now to save his house and everything on the ground floor. Uh, not for the first time. It's awfully, awfully sad. Text 0868104106. Just a quick one. The M8 is flooded. It's down to one lane between Rathcormack and Fromoy, the main Cork Dublin road. So be aware of that. I'll keep abreast of any other stories as they are breaking. But a story that broke first up last week because um, we heard of um, um, the end of the trial. And then yesterday we had the sentence of life imprisonment uh, where we have a 21-year-old uh, going to jail and a 24-year-old dead story out of Mallow and Barry Roach has been covering it uh, for the uh, Irish Times and he joins me because I know the family issued a, a victim impact statement yesterday that was uh, quite heartbreaking actually to listen to what they had to say. Barry, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Good. This is the death of 24-year-old Connor Quinn, originally a Galway lad, um, at the hands of uh, 21-year-old Mallow man, um, Tyler Tiggy Jackson, isn't that the case? Yeah, Tyler Jackson Tiggy was 21 at the time, no 26. Uh, he actually went to England after the, the, um, the killing and it took a number of years for him to be extradited back. We heard evidence of that yesterday at the sentencing from Inspector Hugh Toomey, how they had to go and get a warrant in Cork or in, in court in Mallow and then that was translated or transformed uh, into a European arrest warrant and he was arrested in the UK on the 4th of November 2022 and brought back and went on trial then at um, the Central Criminal Court sitting in Cork starting I suppose it was 10 days ago or so mm. now probably mm. like that. yeah it was, it's, it's been yeah it was the week before last and then last Thursday the jury came back after about just under 7 hours with a, a guilty verdict on the murder that they found him guilty of the murder of Conor Quinn the offence happened um, or the charge was that he killed him on Bridge Street in Mallow on the 12th of July 2018 so it's going back five years he stabbed him was it Barry? He stabbed him in the chest yeah no, there had been an incident earlier in the evening where he con- with Conor Quinn had confronted him outside the Kentucky Chipper on uh, Davis Street in Mallow but uh, Jackson had, had, had run away but he got they saw them again or he, Conor Quinn was in the car driven by his cousins and he got out to confront him and suddenly he um, he he was seen one of the cousins Luke gave evidence uh, he saw um, he saw uh, Tiggy Jackson strike up with his right hand and 
Connor came back to the car and he said uh, he said that uh, sorry Luke Quinn's evidence was that's when Tiggy stabbed Connor in the chest I saw them go close I saw one blow from the right hand to Tiggy to the chest Connor fell he came back across the road he took off his t-shirt and held it to his chest and I could see blood he said he's after stabbing me I stayed with him he went up to the ambulance there was an ambulance stuck in traffic uh, unrelated on another business and he said to them I'm after being stabbed I'm after being stabbed am I going to die he said, uh, Luke Quinn said, I held Connor up. He had the T-shirt up to his wound. He fell to the ground. And we actually saw footage of that. It was very distressing. Footage of it? Was it recorded? There was captured in CCTV. Yeah, there was a lot of CCTV. The actual, he just slumped down in the wall. It was very, very, I mean, it was really distressing. So watching the young fellow, effectively, he was taken to CUH, rushed in by the ambulance, but he was thrown dead there. So that's how he passed away. And the cause of death was a single, um, Dr. Bowles to give evidence that... Um, cause of death was um, the shock and hemorrhage due to partial pneumothorax that's collapsed lung due to a single, single stab wound to the chest most likely caused by a knife with a one-sided blade and the, the, the wound was quite deep it, it pierced his heart as well so one action like that to take out a life would, is that a life imprisonment would that be deemed as premeditated uh, it was found to be murder, so there's an element of, the, of, of yeah, that would have been the jury's. I mean, it was open to the jury to return a verdict of manslaughter, but they opted on a 10 2 majority, I should say, yeah. to find him guilty of murder. But what we heard yesterday, then, apart from the outline of the actual summation of the case from Inspector Toomey, who was a D sergeant involved in the investigation at the time, we heard from a victim impact statement, a really powerful one, actually, from um, Connors and a um, woman called. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Smith, Smith yeah. and she described Connor as a wonderful person with a great sense of humour who filled their lives with fun and joy and she said he was loyal and honest and a great sense of empathy and then she sort of um, chronicled the impact the crime had on the entire family. Connor's death has left an endless void in our lives and the lives of all who knew him. This void has rippled across many families, extended families and generations and of course we heard as well, we know that about 10 days after Connor was killed. His uh, partner Stephanie gave birth to a little baby boy, whom they've called Connor Junior. Uh, so she never knew his dad. Yeah, I never knew his dad, and she spoke in her victim impact statement, Jennifer Smith, about Connor's mother Teresa, and she said that Teresa said that death was particularly hard to accept, especially when her grandson Connor Junior asks what happened to the father he never knew, uh, but whom after whom he's named. She said, I'm, this is Teresa speaking now through Jennifer. I'm very fortunate to have beautiful grandchildren who bring me so much love and healing on the darkest days, but will wake, wake me for eternity when my little grandson often asks, Nanny, I wish Daddy was here to play with me and give me a cuddle. Why did he have to go to heaven? And she said that no one should have to face their grandchild asking what happened to their father, and certainly no one should have to answer it the way the Quinn family have had to do. Uh, and someday they're going to have to grapple with the grief that... Uh, and an answer to way, sorry, that the Quinn family will do some days that continues to grapple with the grief that uh, she never wanted my grandchildren ever to endure. And she said the manner in which it was taken, the premeditated nature of it, that was particularly shocking. And then the fact that um, Jackson fled prolonged the whole to process. The UK, yeah. But she said, and it was a very poignant thing, she said, uh, again speaking on behalf of, of Teresa, the mother, I often look at Connor's belongings from time to time. And recently I came across his passport, which is still in date. I'm reminded of how Connor's life was cut short, but how his passport is still in date, but his life is expired because another person decided to end his life. And that's a very sort of a graphic, I think, and, and poignant um, symbol of the, yeah. the tragedy. That they also went on to thank everybody that helped. Um, 
her, her the nephew ambulance crew, the ambulance crew at the, on the, the scene, and then the guardian and the court services and everybody since. Uh, he was, uh, it was Justice Eileen Creedon. She extended her sympathy to the Conor Quinn family. Uh, before she imposed the mandatory life sentence on Jackson. Now, we did hear from Jackson's um, counsel, Brian McInerney, and he said that he intends to, his client intends to appeal the verdict because he doesn't accept it from the jury. So he's not accepting the fact that he's guilty and he will be appealing it. So there's another stage ahead for the um, the family, unfortunately. Thank you for that. Awfully tragic for all of the families, such a young life. Meanwhile, um, I believe that uh, Richard Satchwell made um, a second court appearance yesterday, am I right? Yeah, I was in Clonmel in the morning for for that and then came back to Cork for the sentencing. Yeah, it's very brief. He appeared in Clonmel by video link uh, and uh, it's his second court appearance, obviously following the, the appearance in a special city in Cashel on um, Saturday where he was charged with the murder of Tina Satchwell. And he was remanded from Cashel to Clonmel yesterday by video link Clonmel. In courtroom in court district twenty one is the only court with um, video links, so that's likely where he's going to be appearing from. Or at, I suppose. Yeah. We heard uh, from Aidan Lee. He's a Clonmel based solicitor. He's was standing in for Eddie Burke, uh, Mr. Satchel's solicitor from Cork, and he told Judge Cephas Power that his client uh, Richard Satchel, Satchel was consenting to a three week long remand to appear again at Clonmel District Court on November the seventh. The court presenter, Sergeant Tom O'Brien, said that was acceptable to state. So he's been remanded to appear then in Clonmel by video link on November the 7th. And he was we, he appeared on screen, Richard Satchel, uh, dressed in a grey tracksuit. And the only time he spoke really was to confirm that he could see the court on the monitor. So um, it was very brief. It was over in a few minutes. So we're back to Clonmel on the 7th of November for the next appearance. And what would that, what, what kind of shape would November 7th take? What's the purpose of it? Just another, uh, to see progress in terms of presentation of the DPPs, uh, the file to DPP and DPP resurrections. Uh, so we're probably looking, I mean, the tendency is probably the waiting time between somebody's charge in the district court and before they eventually get to trial in the central criminal court because there's such, obviously we're talking Frank Rainey and uh, the Ashley Murphy case. Yeah. You know, there's, I, I don't know if the numbers going before the central criminal court and as well as murder trials, you also have rapes being heard in the central criminal court so you're probably talking about the bones of a year I would imagine before this comes to trial Does it depend on a plea do you think or can we even go there? Yeah, uh, that would probably speed things up All right, I suppose the Guardian have been preparing a full book of evidence in the case if uh, somebody was give an indication that they're going to plead but you know people can change their minds right. even if they Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. I, there was a case in Cork many years ago where somebody pleaded guilty to an assault it was adjourned pleaded guilty at the second hearing in the circuit court and then changed their mind so it went to a trial after everybody okay. and, and uh, the media reporting he pleaded guilty so you know uh, until such time as it actually starts and they confirm a plea at the actual arraignment then it's open to somebody to as I understand it to, to change their mind um, but we're gone to November the 7th and that so I presume there'll be another remand it's uh, the, the other issue about it is uh, Limerick is the remand prison for Clamell, so he's been held there. I suppose, for everybody's point of view, it would be more convenient if he's been held in Cork, but there isn't. Um, yeah. There isn't a video link in Yall, so okay. uh, Clamell is the only one of the five courts in that 
Court District 21 that has a video link so presumably he'll be staying there for a while. We will allow things to take their course. Just very briefly, um, I don't know whether you're in, in any way in a position to comment as to funeral arrangements or anything like that with regards to Tina. This is too I, I was checking this morning and I haven't heard anything definite yet. I was at the vigil on um, in Fermoy on Monday evening. There was a huge crowd out there in France. Yeah. People are from Fermoy. There were five, six hundred people. Uh, it was a very simple ceremony. Uh, uh, some music and then a moment si- or a minute silence and then there was a message from her family uh, where they sort of again recalled her as um, a very bubbly personality who they said would put a smile on anybody's face and uh, as they said in um, in uh, in y'all on or in the message they sent to y'all on Saturday Mama uh, Tina would put a smile on anyone's face she had a very bubbly personality and was a very sociable person she was always out and about with her babies that's her dogs Ruby and Heidi she loved her fashion and she always dressed so well and they said there are no words to describe the pain in our hearts right now Tina if you knew the last time that we if we knew the last time that we met was going to be our last we would have hugged you extra tight we'll cherish the moments and all the great memories we spent with you so um, her sister Florence was there and her, her niece uh, Sarah Lennon and they were joined by other relatives there was a large you probably people may have seen the photographs in the papers a huge printed photograph of her placed in the bandstand and people lit candles and the candles were arranged to her name and then they said fly higher angel you will be in our hearts forever we love you Tina you are at peace now and until we meet again give Nanny a big hug for me and that's um you can't put sad, any kind of nothing, de- nothing definite on funeral arrangements yet. Okay. Thanks, Barry. Appreciate it as always. Barry Road, Southern Correspondent with the Irish Times. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 Red FM. Yes, indeed. A lot of calls this morning. A lot of people reporting in issues and incidences all over the county. Billy, good morning. Good morning. Why are we talking about in and around I- Castle Martyr, is it? No, um... It's the Roxborough River. It flows from Dungourney into Middleton. And it's after bursting its banks at Ballinascarta. And the road at Ballinascarta now is a river. We're lucky with the houses here. Our neighbour has a JCB and he blocked the gates for us. But uh, anyone travelling that road will want to be very, very careful. It's a torrent of water going down the road now. Isn't it just amazing? And how much of an impact is it having from, say, from Ballinascarta to Castle Martyr or back up to Middleton or down the All Road, Killer and places like that? Well, I, I came from Mogili a while ago and it's very bad over there. The flooding, there's locks of water everywhere. And um, I was in Middleton, I was able to make it out all right, but there by the two mile in pub is practically impassable as well. People need to know that if they're heading east to west and they're coming from Yall or Waterford across, would, would they make it through Middleton and out the other side? Uh, well, it, 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 the Middleton to Whitegate Road was closed while ago. Well, I know Whitegate got an awful... I saw some reports from flooding yeah. in Whitegate already this morning. Yeah. But okay. uh, all around the Mobility area, it's very heavy flooding. All right. Thank you for that, and Billy. The, Thank you for the that. The River bus is Thanks Thank for you. that. Liz Maddox is, um, I think, maybe also talking about something similar in the same area. Liz, good yes, morning. Yeah, yeah. Good morning, Neil. Um... Look, I'm putting a, um, uh, a call out here for, uh, this is on the McGeely Matters Past and Present uh, Facebook page. Uh, they had put a call out wondering has anyone any ideas how they can get sandbags in, they're living in the Glenfee area in McGeely. It's getting very bad. The drains are blocked. They can't open them. They've tried to con- contact everyone to get some help. 
Now, I've inquired and the sandbags are in Killer Council Yard and my call out here on the radio is there are loads of tractor drivers in the McGeely area. Would somebody go offer and do some running around for the McGeely area and provide the sandbags that's needed for that area because the roads are impassable and it's too dangerous for people to go and try and get their own sandbags. Okay, okay. And by the way, you must go and get your own sandbags either in Killer or the Malignol, they're filling them as we speak. But you wouldn't wouldn't be able to do it with regular vehicles, would you? No, so my call-out is here to the tractor drivers. Get hold of it, go on Facebook, get hold of the McGeely Matters past and present page, uh, contact the people there that are in trouble in the Glenfee estate there. They're in a very bad situation. And we are talking about homes at risk, aren't we? Yes, yes. Uh, They need sandbags and... You know, the tractors would be able okay. to run and get the sandbags and run them back to Megilly. You know, there okay. are tractor drivers okay. in that area, look every day, uh, and there must be somebody out there that would be willing to help do this. Um, they know where the council yard is in Killer and could go and get the sandbags and run them back. Okay, hopefully so your plea. Call out really. Okay, thank hopefully you. your plea won't fall on deaf ears. Let me know if you have success yeah. in that regard. Thanks, Liz. Thank you, Billy. You continue to get videos from people north, south, east, and west of the county. Never mind the suburbs and the city. Uh, everybody's got a mobile phone, so it's very easy just to catch a bit of audio or sorry, a bit of video and send it on to me. I'm seeing incredible the force of the water in many places. Just. Re- ridiculous the amount of it and the force of it and the speed of which is moving and the depth of it. As I video a while ago, Claire says, we're getting off, they're getting off the Cross River Ferry at Glenbrook, right? And they're driving through water that's um, um, halfway up the bumper grill and they continue to drive. I mean, I don't know. Let's say you even make it through water that's a foot or a foot and a half deep and the car comes out the other side. It's going to do unbelievable damage and surely you would even think that within a space of a minute or two minutes or five or ten minutes time, the car's going to conk out anyway. Uh, but still people continue to take um, take a punt on it. Um, a lot of texts from yesterday. We were talking about lots of different topics, including Shandon and the um, tourist ringing the Shandon bell. Massive response to that. They still come in. Interesting one here. I have pubs in London. The businesses are protected by law. If you move in and complain... It's on the homeowner or developer to sort it out. Obviously, there are some times where an operator is taken advantage, but by and large, everyone adheres um, to, uh, you know, sound levels, um, you know, in areas where people live. We should think of Cork as our baby, our old tradition of tripe and drasheen, the ladies in the shawls and the colquet, or echo boys as they sing our news, being worried about your kids going on the lang from school. Your bread man and the kids trying to grab the crumbs from the back of the van, the green shield stamps, a date under Roach's clock, a.k.a. Mangan's clock. Uh, We should keep and remember those old traditions up to and including the bells of Shandon. The North Charitable Infirmary student nurses attending nurses and classes sat state exams and slept almost soundly after night duty, says Elaine from the class of 85, and we did it despite the Shandon Bells. We got used to them and we grew to love them. Thank you for that. Um, there are many of them. Then we're talking about Michael Collins' statue being situated uh, on the Grand Parade. did see a text actually from somebody who was critical of those that are going to do the officiating. I wonder if you could mention the statue that's being erected on the Grand Parade Friday. Michael Collins. I was wondering why they chose Ronan O'Gara, Jimmy Barry Murphy to do the unveiling. Uh, I have nothing against them personally, but I believe that they should have chosen someone perhaps related uh, to Michael Collins 
or indeed the Lord Mayor Kieran McCarthy, as he is a historian. I know Kieran is making a speech, but he was not chosen to do the unveiling. I have nothing against Ronan O'Gara or Jimmy Barry Murphy, but I think there could be someone else more fitting for such an iconic man in Irish history. Well, I think Jimmy Barry Murphy and Ronan O'Gara are both iconic men in Ireland's history. And I know that the Greater Collins family will also be in attendance there, as will uh, the Lord Mayor himself. Um, why or oh why do you give John O'Donovan, who's bitter, such airtime? He must have a serious ship chip on his shoulder and he never has anything to good say about anyone or anything. He's constantly on the radio ranting. Thank you. Somebody else says, will you get that gowl off the air? He'd argue over a toying cost. He was arguing yesterday and talking about uh, the Michael Collins statue, that it is of statue of Collins and where it's being... <laughs> John was saying yesterday that we don't need a statue of Michael Collins on the Grand Parade. We need a public toilet. Collins was a, war, was a hero of the War of Independence, but he was a traitor in the Civil War, starting the war uh, by murdering proud Irishmen with British weapons down in the forecourts. Uh, we're getting history lessons by the new time. John's problem is with everything. He always moans about something. It was a civil war. Does he even know what civil war means? Collins did everything to avoid a civil war and used the treaty as a stepping stone to a real united Ireland, which we still haven't got. Morning, Neil. I agree with you that John should run for local election. He makes more sense than most, despite being controversial. Uh, really? Okay. Somebody's saying that John makes more sense than the rest of us. With regards to Shandon, I love hearing it when I'm in the city. Your chat prompted me to play For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica last night. Great riffs, by the way, uh, says Pat. One or two more. Maybe John O'Donovan knows this or not, but Dev took the country to civil war, not Michael Collins, for what the Doyle did, and the people accepted the referendum. The treaty was democracy. It was Dev that didn't accept the democratic vote. Dev started the civil war, says John in Cove. Uh, just some info for John O'Donovan mentioning that Michael Collins used British weapons against his own side, against his own people, I should say. John O'Donovan will know that Michael Collins was shot and killed by a three oh three round from an Lee Enfield rifle, which is a British-made weapon and was fired by anti-treaty forces at Bailnablaw. I must say that we have moved on from all of that on both sides. It was a terrible time for all of the Irish people at that time. However, we have moved on, thank God, as a nation. I'm fond of John, I have to say. I like hearing his views on radio, but please, we have moved on. Thank kind regards, says Jerry. Do you remember I was mentioning Cork phrases then yesterday, the different phrases that we still use, like dressing the bed or letting the tea draw or wetting the tea. Texter says, my English friend was visiting one day and I made coffee. She asked for sugar and I told her, it's in the press. She looked at me puzzled and said, what? I repeated, the sugar is in the press. She said, I have no idea what you mean in an English accent. She found it hilarious that we call the cupboard the press. I find it hilarious that we actually spell it C-U-P-B-O-A-R-D but still pronounce it cupboard when it really should be cupboard. But that's for another day. And I hope nobody takes offence to this text. Speaking of different words and sayings, I have a few friends from Limerick and they're weird up there. They call a removal home, funeral removal home, the dead house. 
And when they need the toilet, they say making a poo or making a wee. A little bit too much more information than we need to know. I think you'll all agree. But that's how they do it in Limerick. They don't know what the Mary's is. And as we say, God help us, in Limerick, they say, telp us. Telp us. Kind of paraphrasing God help us. Do you ever go north of the border? I know I'm on a lot about Enniskillen and from man on places I've up the weekend. They cannot get from the start of one sentence to the other without putting in the word we. It's a wee cup of tea, a wee time, a wee knife and fork, a wee this, a wee that. With the other. Like they're not aware they're saying it over and over again. I think we in the north, the use of the term we in the north is the use of the word like in Cork. What we do be adding on to the end of all of our sentences like the Neil Prendeville show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday 0818 104 hold on there Shannon I'll talk to you in a second Kate good morning good morning over in the east uh, you're talking about coming from Waterford yeah yeah I came from y'all and I was just I just sent the text message in just to warn people that um, so between y'all and East Cork Garage on the main road into Killa. It's a bad flooding there. It's like you have to drive in the middle of the road with oncoming traffic. Um, and again, after East Cork Garage, there's two there's a flood, and um, there is, you are trying to think now between Killa and Castle Martyr as well. There's two big massive floods in the main road there as well. So is it, is it trying to drive through Castle Martyr or through Killa is the problem? Which? Um, before Killa, basically trying to get from Yall to Killa was really bad. But I, we, I actually live in Castlemartyr, and our local school has just sent out a message to come and collect the children because there's big flooding around the area. Is that a good idea? I mean, at least they're safe in school. The problem will be trying. I know, to but get... I'd say it's going to get worse. Oh, you it's think? Like it's, it's, yeah, I'd okay. say it's going to get really okay. bad. Yeah, okay. so they're okay. kind of but... advising to cut down the congestion later on. Okay. I wonder are other schools asking kids? I mean, was, was it even sensible te- sending them to school this morning, do you think, Kate? I know, yeah. Well, it wasn't that bad now this morning um, driving up, but definitely Castle is getting a bit more flooded and Mogili is supposed to be very badly flooded and Ladies Bridge is also supposed to be very badly flooded. But are people flooded. getting through? Because I'm, I'm curious as to whether we should be telling people not to try and come, say, from your Yalls to your Middletons to Cork. At the, mo- at the moment, yes, but I would say if the rain continues in another hour, that, that them floods um, between Killa and Castle will definitely are going to get deeper and the one from East okay. Cork oil garage to Killa, that, that's definitely, like at the moment you have to drive in the middle of the road. And it's not getting better, that, it's getting worse. Okay, okay. Yeah, and at that, even at the middle of the road, it's still, I, I like you wouldn't want to be slowing down in the middle of it. Okay, appreciate that. As always, to every single person who gets in touch. Remember, I was chatting to Liz Maddox there. They were looking for sandbags, see if people could help them out just to save people's homes that are at risk of flooding in and around the Mogili area. Shannon, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I think it's so kind. Are you working with Power Aggregates? I am. I am indeed. Um, I'm working with Power Aggregates and Carry Tool, and I just thought I'd give you a call up just to let you know that we have sandbags available at the moment sent out to the public. And uh, is there? You know, people are in serious trouble at the moment with the it, flooding of their house, etc. So I know. I like okay. yeah. yeah, if people and people can get to you, it's accessible. Yeah, yeah, they can. Um, 
and we can also deliver out if it's safe to do so also. Would there be any chance I could give you Liz Maddox's number and you could chat with her, see if you could work something out for her and the families and the homes up in her area? Uh, of course, no problem whatsoever. Okay. And what did you make of Patrick's story for the people who are living in homes that are totally flooded, the Commons Road area of Blackpool? Absolutely horrific, Neil. We have calls coming in all morning for Patrick, so I just said very sad situation for them all but we're doing our best to help in any way we can Okay, so you're, you're telling me that you will be able to help Carrick Tool and you might be able to do something for Patrick uh, who's inches away from losing yeah. the lower level of his house Oh, you're very good. Shannon, yeah, thank you so it. much You're very kind no Not as if you've got enough to do but you're going the extra mile. Thank you to everybody at Power Aggregates this morning Incidentally, just on a lighter note, if anybody has a few bob to spare and they're thinking about maybe they want to dip into the uh, pub business J.D. Weatherspoons are selling their Irish pubs You can buy the whole lot of them for 10 million I suppose you can buy them individual as well and they include the Linen Weaver on Paul Street in Cork. They've got another one in Carlo. They've got one in Waterford and I think they've got one up in Galway as well and they're selling the entire portfolio for 10 million uh, Weatherspoons. I mean, if, if you if you buy them, of course, I suppose you're outside of the purchasing power of Weatherspoons beer and things like that. You'd be paddling your own canoe, for want of a better term, on this Wednesday morning. But they're all for sale, uh, the entire lot of them, uh, four in total. Oh, this uh, this issue regarding Formoy and um, Graham Norton and Zoe, who lived in Formoy for 20 years and said it is a horrible, horrible town. And there's a bridge there you can throw yourself off. Can somebody please explain to me why people are getting their knickers in a twist with regards to what the Scottish lady had to say about Fromoy? Is there anything she said worthy of this orchestrated public backlash? There's not one amongst us who doesn't have their own opinions on various villages, towns and cities. Why should this lady's opinion on Fromoy, which incidentally many will agree with, by the way, says Richie, why should it anger this thick-skinned mob. Richie, Richie calls the people of Fromoy a thick-skinned mob. The truth is, the perpetually offended snowflakes amongst us are continually searching for a bandwagon on which to jump aboard. Perhaps their puppet masters ought to exercise more discretion before unleashing these bitter battle axes on an innocent and unsuspecting woman. So poor old... um, Poor old Zoe, described as an innocent and unsuspecting woman. Somebody up in Fomoy knows Zoe and she describes her as um, she is known in the town for being her own inimitable self. I don't think she's living anymore in y'all. I wonder would she be welcome back to y'all. Texter says, I always enjoy listening to you in the morning. However, I must draw your attention to the fact that over the past number of years, you have never made many positive things to say about Fomoy. You may not be aware of this, but I would like you to be aware of it going forward. So you're telling me I'm not aware of the fact, it's unbeknownst to me, that I'm saying unkind things about Fromoy and I might not even realise that I've been doing it. It comes as news to me because I thought that anything that I had been saying recently or even ever about Fromoy was complimentary. I was there last summer and had a wonderful afternoon, thoroughly enjoyed it. Not just there, but the greater area around Fromoy I've said wonderful things about. But anyway each to their own. Texter goes on to say with regards to Zoe, without making it too personal, she is known in the town for being her own inimitable self. And without wanting to make it even more personal as I know that Douglas is now your hometown, or village if you like, the people of Fromoy versus the people of Douglas are far more friendly I can tell you. If you walk past somebody in Douglas and said hello to them 
they'd look at you like you were some kind of a weirdo. In Fromoy, you will get a smile or a hiya. That's normal for us Fromoy residents. Also, we know our neighbours. We know who they are. Do you in Douglas know who your neighbours are? Also, at least we got our traffic plan right in Fromoy. If you venture into Douglas, expect infuriating traffic delays in a badly planned traffic management plan. Please, Neil, in future, would you kindly give some consideration to the natives of Fromoy who love our town and our people? I believe that no town is perfect, but who has the right to attack somebody's home? Can't come on air as I'm at work. <laughs> I never attacked Fromoy. It's Zoe said the nasty things about Fomoy, not me. I don't know how you got off on that one. Anyway, that's an interesting take on things. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Mel, are you stranded? Yes, I am. I'm actually in Glenmire on the new lane at the moment. Uh, first, sorry. Good morning, Neil. Good morning. Are you, you, when you say stranded on the new line, is that a walk? No, it's actually a road. <laughs> it's a road on in Glanmire. It's um, it's by uh, the O'Connell. Uh, O'C- I'm actually stopped at O'Connell Group, um, and uh, it's by Vortex. Uh, it's well known in the area in Glanmire. So that road there is completely and thoroughly flooded. It's impossible to go through. I chanced it 40 minutes ago, 45 minutes ago. I'm now stuck. Um, I'm with three other ladies um, and we can't move. We, we are completely stuck, blocked. There's nothing else we can do. Um, so it's very, very scary. Okay, so uh, it's it's you and three others. Are all the other women in their own cars or are they in your yes. car? So there's four of you. You've, you, have, yes. you have you conked out or it's you just stopped? We're stopped. We we have the, the 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 engine running still, you know, but everybody is in their own cars. Um, so there's four ladies all together, and uh, we're 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 completely stopped. We're waiting. We're waiting. We don't know for what because the situation doesn't seem to get be- any better. Can you reverse out of wherever you are if the engines work? No. No, absolutely not. Um, uh, both ways are completely flooded. It's uh, it's a, literally what I'm watching in front of me is a river. Is literally a river. Uh, it, 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 it makes waves. <laughs> it makes waves. It's wave. I've seen. Yeah, I've seen other videos of situations you're describing, and there are waves. It's so high. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I see you. I have a video of you driving through it, Mel. Why? Why did you attempt it? And I was working actually. I was trying to go to my client who lives on on the new lane, and um, I, I, I chanced it. I, I, I've never been in such kind of situation. I didn't know how much the, it, it, in danger I was, but I just felt that it wasn't right. And I, 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 I had to reverse. And when I was coming back and trying to find a safe place, a higher place to get out of the water, I started to panic. And you could hear me in the video. I'm crying and everything. I was so desperate. I was alone. I'm pregnant. I'm six weeks pregnant. All my hormones just jumped out. And I, 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 I got a fright. The biggest fright of my life. I've never been in something like this. There are waves... Never of water crashing yeah. up onto the bonnet of your car and you're yeah. continuing to drive. Yeah, absolutely. I know, insane. I'm I completely... Uh, it's, it's not even... I, I, I can't even justify myself, to be honest. I, 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 tempt, I, I tried to tempt it, but then I, I realised that I was doing something completely stupid and I reversed and I tried to have, find a higher place to get myself out of the danger. 
But uh, oh, completely stupid! I would. No, I'm not. I'm not calling you stupid. Listen, oh, I would. No, I would never do that. I'm just seeing your video, and it's 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 pretty torrential. It's, spl- it's splashing oh, up yeah. over the. It's it's the kind of waves that I get when I'm on the rib on the Atlantic. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm not joking, you know. It's not joking. Um, I can see the video footage, but I can't hear your audio, though. Um, And I suppose you wouldn't like me to share the audio, would you? Because it's probably very upset. (laughs) No, please don't. (laughs) So how how are you going to get... Are you stopped in the middle of the torrent or have you pulled in off it? Yeah, we've pulled out of it because where we are, it's about a little parking space in front of... O'Connell Group on the new lane and the parking is a little bit higher. Um, okay. Uh, how can I say, yeah. Uh, so we're out of the water but uh, uh, I don't know for how long and I don't know if the water is going to come up because it doesn't look like it's going to get... Um, You're trapped, girl. I don't know what your next oh, move we is. Oh, definitely. We are completely trapped. If there's anybody out there that has a truck if the army can come up over here and get us out of here, I would be delighted because I'm just, I just want to go home at this stage. I can well I imagine really that you do. And the other women are the same in their cars. They pulled in just like you did. Yeah, absolutely. We're all in our cars. We're all waiting for this to end. I'm amazed your car didn't cut out. In what are you driving? Um, I'm driving a Peugeot. So the brand is a it's called a 2008 now it's not the year it's a 2008 Peugeot uh, it's kind of a, a high car it's not like a standard alright it's almost an SUV car. you're lucky because yeah. that water uh, is just exactly. very exactly I thought that my car would be able to handle it in the beginning and when I saw the waves flashing and bashing against the car I thought, I thought to myself this is enough I have to go. I have to reverse. I have to do. I had to. I have to be in safety. I have to okay, okay. find some place where uh, I, I'd be. You so know, you're at there. O'Connell's Transport in the Brook Lodge area. Then you and three other yes. women in their own cars, all four of you, yes. looking for help yes. or looking for rescue. Okay, let's Please. see if. Okay, all right. Stay in touch, Mel. Stay in touch. You might be Thank interested to hear that I also have been sent a screen grab from Cork Safety Alerts, and it is a screen grab of a child being escorted home from a preschool by the emergency services this morning morning in a boat in a small little punt of a boat like a tiny rib um, that's how bad it was in many areas this morning let me stay with the phone line just when I think I couldn't get a worse video along comes Mel's video and that just knocks it out of the ballpark again Rory good morning Neil good morning Neil first of all I'm here buddy uh, I'm coming down to Middleton there right Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you about over the insurance but I'm coming down to Middleton and the two cars in Middleton is closed at the moment traffic is being diverted onto the hard shoulder just before the turn off for Bally Richard the two oh lanes, well that's got worse in the last hour then right the two lanes are completely flooded there's about six maintenance workers roadside maintenance workers there fair do some they're wading through it it's up to their knees nearly you know um, it's, it's literally across the water is hitting the yellow line for the hard shoulder. And Where is it coming from? Is it coming from high ground or it's, is it coming from the river? It's just building up. There's a bit of a dip in the road there, Neil. That's where it's, it's lodging in that. Okay, okay. Now, now, going back to Cove, Neil, coming down Valley No Hill from the rugby club, the deluge of water that's coming down there is unbelievable. Right? Yeah, I come, mean, when, when yeah, because it's a hill, area, right? Yes, well, there's one or two hills joining, like, and that kind of stuff. When you come down and you turn right towards the car ferry, literally 20 yards um, outside the old boat sheds, outside there, um, it's flooded at the moment. Cars are literally crossing over to the other side. Or, sorry, over the white line, half and half to get into the middle because it's flooded on both sides. Further, further out the road, 
after Carrigalow Bridge where you have the golf club. Yeah. After the golf club, there is a 90-degree bend. That is going to be impassable in the next half hour, I'd say. And the guards can verify, because I was heading out, the guards were heading in. But the safety problem with this, Neil, is I counted from the first truck that I met coming into Cove with all the construction, all the cement trucks, and the big lorries going into the dockyard for the timber, the big timber trucks. I counted 17 of them, Neil. And the problem with this is the water that they're kicking up onto the cars. I actually thought my, my side, my driver's window, I thought my driver's window was coming in and me. Such was the, the force. Of water. Such was the force of water that one of those trucks kicked up. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just wondering. Um, vision. That's the, problem. the problem is you're losing vision because of so much water coming up onto your windscreen and your side window. You're losing vision straight away. You cannot but are all of these, I'm just curious, all of the cars that are doing, trying to get through all of this, do they really need to get from A to B? Is their journey necessary, I'm wondering? Well, I'm coming down to Middleton to pick up my grandson in, um, in preschool, like, and that because uh, the parents are otherwise... That's, my, my that's a necessary working. visit. Yeah, <laughs> that's a necessary trip. I'm, yeah. I'm on holidays this week, you know, so it doesn't matter to me, like, and that's... Um, I, I, I expected water to be on the road, Neil, as would other professional drivers. I expected it. And you just drop a gear going through the water and keep it in the lower rev. You can't be saying that because you don't know how deep it's going to be. That's what happened to Mel. She started well, if you know, and she couldn't get out and got the work. Road, well, if you know the road you're on, you would probably know the depth of the water by looking at it. You can see it. I wouldn't recommend if, if that anybody tries to... Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know, maybe. But no, I wouldn't. Saying, if people are going to do it, drop a gear, keep it in low rev. Now, and give it fong, is it? Drop a gear and give it fong, as Johnny John would say. Neil, I'm on the back road immediately, and I just turned off at the back of AIB Bank, where the car parks are, and the river is after bursting the bank. The water is actually right across the road. All right. Okay, okay, okay. On the back road immediately, heading towards McDonald's, Aldi, Little, the back of Deals by the, the normal Riverside Way car park. This is Riverside Way Road. It's completely flooded as well here. The river has burst this bank. Okay, let people take it under advisement. Say la vie, baby. Thank you for that. Alan, good morning. Neil, how are you? Okay, from down I'm, around there to Rathcormark, what have you got? I'm, I'm in Rathcormark here, Neil, at the moment, standing out helping with uh, sandbags outside Dooley's uh, post office here and Barry's pub. Uh, well, literally, I tell you now, Neil, I've never seen anything like it in my life. The whole uh, the, the post office is under around, the, I'd say, a foot and a half of water, and Barry's is completely flooded, and we're, we're really stuck for sandbags down here. Are you saying that we're, the houses in the area and the businesses in the post office have water indoors? A foot and a half oh of water Oh, my indoors. God, Neil, it's, uh, I'm looking at a hill, I'm walking, it's desperate, Neil, it's desperate. It's absolutely, the, uh, the River Bride is after breaking its banks. It's literally after busting the banks, it's coming down by the back of uh, the primary school and onto the main roads, down by the Dooley's post office. It's absolutely frightening, the water that's coming down here. I'm looking up the side of Dooley's here now, and it's under the cows. It's, it's nearly up to the doors of the cows. The houses are flooded, completely flooded. Were people expecting it to be that bad, or was any precautions taken? There was nothing, Neil. I, I tell you now, Neil, I just came through here and within the space of in the space of three or four minutes, it just came for out of nowhere. Out of because nowhere, the river the burst. The river burst and the whole place is literally, the roads are closed, the corporation are here. We're, we're really stuck for sandbags. The houses are in an awful state, Neil. Um, 
Cameras, so the houses have already still. taken in water. The damage has been oh done. Oh my God, Neil, it's up to it's literally. I'm actually standing here now, uh, getting help in the lads with sandbags, and I've wellettings on me, and it's up to the top of the wellington. I can't go any further because those lads they're weirdos. I can't go any further because uh, poor Camel's uh, pub uh, shop here, the post office. It's it's literally gone in her in, in under our door. Tis pumps and do humidifiers they're going to need next besides uh, the sandbags. Neil, I tell you no, I've never seen anything like it. It's absolutely it's 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 frightening. It's frightening. Okay, so and can I, the- I digest it? I just advise anyone to avoid Rock Cormac area if they're coming down because we're, we're literally stuck for sandbags here at the moment, Neil. And have the so council any sandbags, the county council? They have, they have, we'll run out of them, Neil. Where would they were, I tell you no, Neil, I'd say they weren't even expecting this. I, and that's hand on heart. I'm looking, standing here in the middle of it, O'Neill's fireplace, stove place, it's gone in under the doors of that as well. Barry's pub is after getting an awful back. And are you asking people to bring sandbags or let them let people know where let, they are? If there's which... anyone in the area around Rockcormick that have sandbags or anything, could they come down and please help out? Okay. Because it's it's Neil, it's it, it's 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 getting worse. Okay. Getting I hope the people it's, answer it's your plea. Though. Okay. Hopefully somebody will Thanks, come to your aid. All right, Thanks Alan. So well done for you helping yeah. all of the community there. In fairness, you're doing things to help your neighbours and what have you. If you can help. Um, then you know what to do. I suppose the focal point would be Rathcormack Village itself. Text 0868104106. It's been an amazing morning, an incredible morning. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Okay, bad weather and lots of alerts. If you want to get in touch with me, I haven't had any texts at all this morning. The text is down, so you can WhatsApp. WhatsApp me if you can. Same number, 0868104106 by WhatsApp. Cars Hill to Cargolina, Standstill, Scarif Road, No Pope Passing, Melbourne Road and Bishopstown impassable car stuck in it blocking everything else breaking, blocking everything up um, I was talking earlier one about Glanton Bridge Fitzpatrick's shop badly flooded Glanton impassable they were lucky to get out of Glanton they said stay off the back roads Middleton Road by Bally Rickard flooded workers are waist deep on the road to Middleton our school near Killa got cancelled at 10 this morning uh, I'm only two minutes from the school it took me three quarters of an hour to get there uh, just heading northbound on the M8 and from Moy it's down to one lane serious flooding road maintenance teams are there in fairness uh, I do deliveries for a living and customers are still ringing complaining that I can't get to them because of closed and impassable roads will people ever understand Cloyne and East Cork unreachable so is Whitegate the new roundabout in Glanmire going into Glanmire is flooded with no way of getting through uh, the whole area around Vienna Woods is under serious amounts of water uh, so that's, that, that is actually closed uh, I believe that Margaret's son Dean had to abandon his van I've seen video footages and photographs of it as well and that's in a big van Margaret good morning Oh, good morning, Neil. How are and you? Even though it's a big, huge van, I see it it, in that area that he abandoned it, the water is up to the headlights. Yes, and it, that happened, Neil, within seconds. Really? It was, yeah, within seconds. He said that it was on the wheels, and next it came up. And if they didn't, if they didn't get out of the van, they would... So did he, did, would, yeah, did he get out and just wade away from it, walk away from it through the water? Yeah, you can see there in the video, that's what they're doing. Is that him? Oh, I thought that was emergency yeah. services, no? There's one, that's, uh, there's two of them there, there's emergency services on himself. Oh, my God. Um, it's going to be, so the, that van will just be sitting there for a long time. Why did they Why did they attempt, you say, it wasn't so bad when they tried to go through? Well, that, that's what happened, you see. And because it was only an orange warning, if it was a red warning, 
there wouldn't have been allowed go go out doing the delivery. It was more like flash flooding that came upon him really quickly. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And whereabouts is that exactly? It's, I don't know the exact road, but I do know it's in Middleton. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for calling that in. What no, a morning. Please. Thank you. Yeah, take care. I'm just saying, if it's, uh, if it's an unnecessary journey, then I would put it off really and truly at this stage. Our lines will stay open. You can email neil at redfm.ie. Don't text for now. No text this morning. WhatsApp if you want to get in touch. WhatsApp 0868 104 106. I leave you with a little bit of nostalgia this morning. Um, we lived at an age when we didn't have multi-channel um, but there were an awful lot of television shows that we'd be aware of even though we didn't see them uh, not when I was a kid anyway or even in my 20s or, or teens or 20s and one of them was The Wombles of Wimbledon right big show um, it's 40 years now since it was, was first aired and everybody loved it and then it made its, um, its it said its goodbyes and The Wombles toodled back into um, the uh, common area of Wimbledon, but they're making a return. There's a lot of there's a lot of nostalgia actually with regards to things from 40 or 50 years ago, particularly when it comes to comics and things like that. Uh, the Beano and Dennis the Menace and Nasher, they all got their own television shows. But anyway, that's another day. So uh, apparently they are going to make uh, a new television series of the Wombles. I guess they're going to have to get themselves a new crew. But what we will remember, of course, is the music of Mike Bat, who had an awful lot of hits in the British hit parade back in the day. But the biggest one was this one. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.